Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Like a tattoo of a peach tree. Okay. Not the whole tree, just like a branch yeah. with peaches and also blossoms and maybe some little bees. Cute. Where are you going to put it? On your butt? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. In my... Yeah, probably, but <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm an adult. Make my own decisions. Yeah. Pay my own bills. Do it. Yeah, that's the plan. I think you should. I think I will. I want to get more tattoos, but I just don't really have any ideas right now, so. Yeah. I'll do it again one day. And I'll regret it. Sure. <laughs> Isn't that the, the point? Just the pain in the moment. Oh, yeah. You're like, why am I doing this? It's like when you're on a roller coaster and you're like going up the hill and yeah. you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like every moment in your life that led you to that moment. Yeah. You're just like, you're just, Ugh. yeah. And then you go up over the hill and you're like, wee, actually, this is fun. Yay. But just, <laughs> just for a couple seconds, we're like, I'm going to die here. Yeah. Am, are my affairs in order? No, I'm not ready. <laughs> Your affairs are just running around with their <laughs> arms full. There they go. <laughs> See them from my vantage point way up here on this stupid roller coaster. Dumb. That is dumb. Anyway, welcome to the show. Hi, it's the show. It's the show. What's the show called? Replay. Rewind. What um, are you called? Well, when I think of myself in my head, I see the beautiful, sleek snake. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> sitting. Sitting. <laughs> In a big brown bucket. That's why they call me Bucket Snake. Yeah, that is what they call you. What do you look like? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I <laughs> look like this. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so cute. Thank okay, you. Okay, audience, imagine. All right. Beautiful, soft, curly pink hair. Wonderfully filled in dark eyebrows. Dainty, little, cute as shit freckles. Oh. On. A just like a triangle shaped <laughs> meat premium cut oh yeah the nice marbling in there oh yeah i would love for someone to draw that yeah if you guys are listening and you can do it i don't know anyone that can draw i don't either <laughs> anyway you're meat wedge i'm bucket snake this is replay rewind we're gonna talk about some kids movies that we haven't seen since we were kids in most cases not today <laughs> And we're going to talk about what we remember about them, and then we will go watch the movie, and then we will come back and talk about it, and then we will give you all of the information that you didn't know that you needed, but now you can impress all your friends. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have a question for you. Yes. It's a hard one. Okay. But I... <laughs> an important one. Okay, I'm ready. What are your top... Let's say three. Okay. Types of candy. Top three favorite? Yes. <laughs> That's usually what the top is. Oh, okay. Right. Top. <laughs> These are the top of the things that I hate. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I I usually just like 
if something has peanut butter in it, I will mm-hmm. pick that. Yeah. So like Reese's cups, Reese's pieces. Yeah. Reese's little guys minis. Yeah. Guys, uh, the big old eggs. Yeah. At Easter. Um and crunchy stuff. I like crunchy candies. Yes. Those are good. Like with rice crispy stuff in them. Yeah. Um and um caramel. Okay. I think my favorite though would have to be like dark chocolate sea salt caramel. Yeah. Anything. So well, I mean that's true. There's a lot of candy out there. So let's say you're at a gas station. <laughs> Is the man working going to say something weird to me because I'm leaving? Yeah. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> no. Thank at a God. gas station. Which three? Like what three things? Let's narrow it down. Okay, to, like, to gas, gas station, station snacks. Candies, yeah. Um, Reese's Pieces. Okay. Peanut butter M and M's. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, well, I'd probably get some, like, Lifesaver gummies. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It just depends, you know? Like, do you want chocolate? Do you want gummy? Right, how are you feeling in the moment? Yeah. Yeah. The Take Five, have you had, like, the Take Five Yeah, those are good. Have, like, peanut butter and pretzels. There's something, though, about eating a candy bar yeah. as an adult that I'm like, I can't. What? I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, like, too much. It's the weirdest hangups. I can't eat a candy bar I'm an adult. I can't wear fun socks. I'm, like, I'm an adult. <laughs> It just feels like I shouldn't, you know, like that's a bad health decision for some reason when like all sure. the other bad health decisions I make are not. This one just feels like the very obvious, like don't eat an entire candy bar. Also, they don't make candy bars in normal sizes anymore. No. You have to buy a fucking king size. Well, you don't have to eat the whole thing. How? <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier for me to eat like half a bag of M&Ms, you know? Then like how <laughs> the candy bar twists at least twists it back up. The, it's like the M and M's they're open. If I don't eat them all, they're gonna fold go it over. <laughs> what I did the other day actually is I bought some uh, caramel M and M's. They actually weren't very good, but no. Um, I ate some and then I folded it over and I put it in my cup holder and I set a napkin on top of it so that I couldn't see it. <laughs> I was like, now I will not eat them all. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> It's like that drawing of Toad and Frog where they're like, if we put the cookies in this box, we won't eat any more cookies. And then Frog's like, we can just open the box. And Toad's like, oh, no, you're right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh. What's your top three gas station candies? Like one and two are soups easy. And then three, I'm like, it depends on the day. Yeah. But Snickers with almond. Okay. Anytime. And then those Warhead like sour oh. cubes. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. That, I think partially just because they're cube-shaped. <laughs> you just like cube-shaped food? I like cube-shaped food. Shaped food but I it's... mean, cube cheese is the best cheese. I know. So, not to sound like a baby, but they're so holdable. Like, <laughs> pick them up real easy? Yeah. Um, just bite off a corner? I, j- I don't know. They're not they're not as sour as, like, a warhead. They're just, like, yeah. a gummy candy that has, like, some sour flavor to it. And they're cube-shaped, so I'm like, hell yeah. Sign me up. And then probably peach rings. Yeah. The last time we had peach rings, when we, um, the last time I had peach rings, I don't know if you've had them more recently. I don't think so. But when we had that drink on the show, mm-hmm. um, I didn't like them. No. They're just too strong. I don't know. There's yeah. just like some weird aftertaste that I was like, mm. oh yeah, they're definitely, they got like a chemical-y yeah. type flavor to them. Well, why do you ask? Because, audience, <laughs> I'm about to inflict upon you. And I'm sorry in advance. I can never remember. Is it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Or yes! Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Willy well, Wonka. The book is Charlie and the yes. Chocolate Factory. 
the first movie is Willy Wonka, yes. and then they remade it with Johnny Depp and his Charlie yes. and the Chocolate. So I'm just I can never remember which one's like. Willy Wonka. We're doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Y'all can't see the amount of flailing. It's usually me that's flailing, but this time it's Bucket Snake. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. I know. I have seen this movie so many times. How many times would you estimate? Hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I know I've told the story on the podcast before, but when I lived by myself and didn't have internet or any access to any media mm-hmm. and just had, like, a DVD player and three DVDs, one of them was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. And so for, like, a year, yeah, it was just, like, on in the background. Yeah. So. Tight. A lot. Would you say you've seen this one or Secret of the Ooze more? Um, I don't know. Because those were the two that I... Yeah. So... Probably pretty, yeah, pretty much the same. All right, well, we know that you know uh, every second of this movie by heart. So, um, I mean, it's a it's it's a pretty remem- memorable, memorable. <laughs> remarkable. I couldn't decide if I was which way I was going. It's a pretty memorable story, you know. Like Charlie Bucket lives with his mom and his four grandparents, mm-hmm. and Willy Wonka says, "I gave out five golden tickets to mm-hmm. come visit my factory." Do they know that? one of the kids will be chosen to take over no they don't time? know that until the very end okay they just think they're going to look inside okay because nobody has been in it for right years. For years, yeah. years yeah so he's like they're just out in the world you know there's five of them go find them and whatever yeah and so then we get these five kids who most of them like i know that veruca had like an unfair advantage where she like her dad owns like a factory and like yeah. bought a bunch of them. And... It's a peanut factory. Okay. So instead of shelling peanuts, they're opening they're Wonka bars. Opening, yeah. yeah. Just, he's got the whole factory working on them until he finds one. And then, did the other kids have like a super unfair advantage, or are they just? Um, no, not really. Um, mostly just Veruca. Yeah, she's the only one who had like a financial advantage. Like Augustus, okay. like ate a lot of candy anyway. Yeah. You know. Okay, and then. You've got Violet, who isn't really a candy person at all. She just loves gum. But she's like, I just thought it would be cool. Yeah. And Mike TV is there. And then Charlie Bucket, who finds one. He, like, finds money in a gutter and goes and buys candy. And it's like, got a golden ticket in it. Yeah. And I'm home. Because the candy man tells him to. Yep. Um, yeah. And then they go tour the factory, which is not at all up to OSHA standards. And a bunch of terrible things happen to these children. But yep. really, they deserve it. And then at Deserve the end, is a strong word for children. But yeah. Um, they do things... The implication is that they're just dead, so I don't think oh, they yeah. deserve to die. Okay. No. <laughs> Let me rephrase. You're right. They suffer direct consequences from their actions. Yes. It's not like they're just innocently walking through the factory and fall into a trap door. He's yes. like, don't do that, or and then they do a little it. shit. Yeah. So it's like teaching life lessons. Hopefully, they survive them. Yes. But it's, it's hard to tell. And then at the end, Charlie is given the factory mm-hmm. from mr wonka even though he's like eight yes and has no business savvy whatsoever no but i mean you assume he, he will be taught hopefully it's not like he's like i'm leaving tomorrow yeah it's like <laughs> you guys can move in here and you'll yeah. learn everything that i know and take then over. you can take over yeah the oompa loompas are there they sing a song every time a child gets killed oompa, oompa, everybody knows the story i've got another puzzle for you Oompa loompa doopa dee dee. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. What are you at? Getting terribly fat. Who do you think? Oh, I don't remember the next line. Wow. This episode is going to be four hours long just so we can 
I'm gonna get sing through you singing every song. All the songs. Come to it. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I yeah. I remember most of it. Chewing and chewing all day long. Bum bum bum. Yeah. Violet gets turned into a blueberry. <laughs> Violet, you're turning Violet. Violet. Yeah. I've got a blueberry for a daughter. Okay. All right. Save it for the other half. Uh, but I'm so excited. I, you don't even have to go watch this movie, so. But I'm going but to. You're gonna, I mean, I would not deny you the opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, I do want to say that not only do I like the story, mm-hmm. and it's entertaining, and you know, it's for kids, whatever. Candy, kids love candy. Sure. There's a moral, blah, blah, blah. I just really like the way this movie is made, too, like, cinematically. Yeah. Because, um, like, when the golden tickets get announced, they do lots of, like, like smash cuts to mm-hmm. like news stories and you see stuff all over the world and i really like the way everyone talks in this movie because it's yeah. like old timey but not yeah um and the, do you remember there's just like goofy little things like the guy um who invents a machine that can predict where the next uh wonka golden ticket is gonna be no and the computer is like i'm not telling that would be cheating <laughs> So there's just, like, lots of little, like, goofy shit that I also really like. Yeah. Just the way it's, yeah, all put together. Excellent. And yeah. Slugworth. And Slugworth. The creepy. The evil version of Pete Postlewit from James and the Dragon Right. <laughs> Showing up in alleys being like, just take it. Yeah. Take it. Nice. Okay. Have you read the book? Yes. Cool. We'll talk about that, too. Yeah. Have you read it? I think Maybe. Yeah, the, um, yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The factory is way closer to the book. Yeah. That's why Roald Dahl was, like, mad about yeah, Eugene he did Wilder not like this movie at version. All. Yeah, which sucks. But That's okay. I love it. Yeah, it whatever. Good the for book's kind of racist. Yeah. So you know, and so is Roald Dahl. <laughs> and so is Roald Dahl. What do you know about that? Well, while you're getting your scrumdiddlyumptious bars, yeah, your everlasting gobstoppers. They do actually make a bunch of those. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, while you're out there getting those snacks, go ahead and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash replay rewind podcast. Sign up for that. Get some bonus content, and we'll see you back here after we eat a bunch of candy. Yes, sugar cone, here we go. <laughs>
But I do think I've seen this one more. Yeah. Like, I know almost every word to this movie. Yeah. And I can hear how everything is said before. Yeah. And I can, like, make all the little, like, noises in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I was yeah. singing along to Pure Imagination, uh-huh. you know how he, like, flicks the cane? Yeah. To keep people from... Mm-hmm. I was, like, singing, and then I would go... Whoosh. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, I've seen it quite a bit, and I love it. Yes. The IMDb states, A poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. Yeah. And other stuff happens. I feel like that just sums up the first half of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Here's what's gonna happen. Yeah. And then what? But yeah. I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong, IMDb. Uh, Three stars. Three (laughs) stars. Out of seven. (laughs) Perfect three out of seven. (laughs) Well done. All right. So it starts out with lots of chocolate things being made. I know. And I really could just watch an hour and a half of that. Yes. Like just factory B-roll of wafers being put through chocolate. Yeah. Or like. I would have to eat chocolate though. Sprinkles. Oh yeah. I wanted, especially the scene where they get to the chocolate room and everybody's just like munching on things while they're looking around. And I'm like, I need some is there any candy in this house <laughs> i need something i need a candy yep we could start a how it's made podcast but only talk about candy yeah yeah I'm just what do you talk about i mean like ooh, now they're putting those wafers through some chocolate like it's not exciting if you're not looking <laughs> have at to it work on our uh, descriptive phrases yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing they're just with the thing i don't know um i also like about the opening scene that the song that's playing in the credits is kind of like a nice mashup of the songs that play throughout the movie. Yeah, I like when movies do that. Yeah, it's, it's a like a nice warm-up preview, yeah, of all the songs. All right, so it starts after the credits, a bunch of kids getting out of school mm-hmm. and immediately running to Bill's candy shop. Yes. And the shopkeep knows all the kids by name. I know, it's really cute. He yeah. just knows what they want. He's yeah. just like, oh, this for this guy, uh-huh. this for... And I'm like, aw, it's like being at a bar. And also, maybe <laughs> if they have, like regulars maybe wonka should invest or consider chocolate dipping some broccoli or something because these kids are eating a lot of candy yes a squelchy snorter a sizzler for june marie <laughs> june piece marie's of... going with the slugworth yeah can't piece of broccoli for <laughs> brian over here yeah. with his pocket protector <laughs> put that chocolate in your pocket <laughs> in your pocket brian <laughs> They could get a Green Giant plus uh, Willy Wonka collab going. Yeah. Yeah. Crossover. I love it. So then he says, he's got a new one. The yeah. Scrum Diddly Umptious Bar. Yeah. And then this little boy in a mustard yellow turtleneck immediately butchers the name. But that's fair, because, I mean, it is hard to say. Yeah, Scrum Diddly Umptious. Yeah. It doesn't have very good marketability, but I feel like Wonka's pretty pretty much on top at this point, so. Yeah, he it's can okay. just do whatever the he shit he wants He call whatever he now. wants. Yeah. But he's like, wow, a new candy bar. How does he do it? My boy, do you ask a fish how it swims? No. Or a bird how it flies? No. But I mean, also, like, do you think he's ever been given a chance to ask a fish how it swims? He might. Excuse me. If he could. Fish. Talk to a fish. You don't know. (laughs) No, sir, you don't. They do it because they were born to do it. Yeah. Just like Willy Wonka was born to be a candy man. Yep. You look like you were born to be a Wonka. (laughs) What a career path. (laughs) But nobody ever goes in and nobody ever comes out. How do you be a Wonka? You just are really into it. Oh, you're just like, that's like a super fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same. Uh, Honestly, like who among us was not born? June Marie, I guess, with her Slugworth sizzler. Get out of here. But. Yes. 
Then yeah. he starts singing. He does. And he makes a huge mess. <laughs> he does. He's just like throwing candy at everyone. Yeah. And is just like pouring it. Yeah. Just pouring like Skittles or whatever into he their open the hands. behind the counter. Yeah. And they're just like grabbing whatever they want. Reaching barehanded into these jars of candies. Just flinging. I feel like they should show a minute where he's like checking things off on a clipboard. Yeah. And then at the end is like. Uh, <clears throat> I know. I'm assuming that all of these children have a tab because. That makes sense. He knows them all. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's very unfair to, like, have these more affluent children in there getting candy for free and getting, you know, and then yeah. later when we see Charlie in there with his money and he's like, Ahem. and I'm like, he got one candy bar, man. You were th- throwing, throwing candy shit at everybody yeah. else. I know. So hopefully he's running up a tab on them. Listen, me, I have a question. What? Who can take a sunrise? <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Sprinkle it with dew. I'm not sure. Cover it in chocolate and a miracle or two. That the sounds candy man. Can he? Willy Wonka can. Oh, that's so cool. The Candyman can. Why? He mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. It's so nice of him. And the world tastes good. Because the Candyman thinks it should. <laughs> Did you know that? Um, I do now. <laughs> I had heard. I, heard I do have rumor. to say. Yeah. The song... I love Willy Wonka. Yeah. He's doing great. Yes. Making great candy. Yes. Don't really see a lot of love in it. Yeah. Doesn't seem like a labor of love. I mean, it seems like a thing, like a fish swimming and a bird flying. He has to do it. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like... He was born to do it. He doesn't really seem to get that much joy out of, like, seeing the kids interact with the stuff. You know? Um, I think he just has a hard time relating with children. Or humans in general. Yeah. That too. I mean, when's the last time anybody saw him? He just has Oompa Loompas for friends. He clearly does not have a barber inside no. that factory, so I well, don't think and he's the, seen and anyone. Guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, Wilkins. Yeah. But maybe he just hired him. Yeah, true. He was like, scariest looking man I can find. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we see Charlie in the window watching this... Uh, I know, looking so sad. Yeah. Which also leads me to believe that these kids are running up a tab, because otherwise he should jump right in there and Yeah, just... get some free fucking candy. Yeah, there's a free-for-all happening. Join in on the candy, Bukaki, my dude. But he... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Charlie doesn't have time because he has to go to work. Yes. So he goes down to the newsstand. Gets... He has to find Mr. Joe Peck. Yep. He gets his newspapers from him. Which I didn't realize until doing research that... His last name is Joe Peck. His name's not Joe. I just thought he was calling him his full name the whole time. (laughs) Joseph Peck. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Newspaper man. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so he gets his paper. He's like, also, it's payday. Pay up. Yes, and he gives him some coins. He does. It's very nice of him. Yeah. Uh, So Charlie delivers his eight newspapers. She's flinging them over fences and into people's baskets. Yeah. He's got a, he's a pretty good shot. Yeah. Doing great. And then his route takes him right past the chocolate factory. Mm. And some very ominous music starts playing. Yes. It's spooky. And then he turns around and there's a very scary man standing there. Yeah, he's just looking up at the factory with Charlie. Yeah. He's pushing a cart full of giant knives. Yeah. And apropos of nothing, Mm -hmm. he says, Up the airy mountain, down the rushing glen. We dare not go a hunting for fear of little men. You see? And then he pauses for a really awkward amount of time. Mm-hmm. No one ever goes in. And no one ever comes out. Uh. And then he clanks away with all of his <laughs> fucking swinging knives. No, his cart is very creaky. And all those <laughs> knives are just hanging there, like, swinging back and forth. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. 
Thank you for not murdering me. See, this, though, is the first really good example of why I love this movie so much. Mm -hmm. Because it's a fucking kids movie, right? Yeah. It's about candy, so it's, like, cheerful and bubbly. Right. No, No. it's not. (laughs) It's dark. It is full of high strangeness. Yeah. It's bleak. Yeah. I mean, not entirely, but... But it... I feel like the best word for it is, or words for it, is, like, high strangeness. Yeah. Like, this weird shit happens that yeah. you're just like, where did this come from and who thought of this? And, like, yeah. am I in an alternate reality? Like, what yeah. the shit? And I think that just, like, as a kid, that was my first introduction to the concept and why I still, like, love shit like that now. Yeah. I was like, what is this knife man doing? <laughs> what this knife man doing? <laughs> what he do? <laughs> well, what he does is leave. And then Charlie's like, all right, I'm going home. Yeah. It is dark. Yeah. It it has gotten dark on his way home. Yeah. You know, and it might be a very long walk. You're right. And it is fall. Yeah. So. The sun probably goes down early. And he had to go buy the bread that he brings home. Yeah. So that probably took a minute. That's true. Yeah. So he gets home. Mm -hmm. All of his grandparents are in the same bed in the middle of the house. Yeah. (laughs) And they they had all just been talking about how he's late getting home. Yeah. And Grandpa Joe's like... He works too hard for a little boy. I know, but, you know, yeah, somebody's some... got to feed them. Right, yeah. And that's Charlie's what his mom, mom. says. <laughs> it's like, get a fucking job then. Right. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you could get a job. But, I mean, yeah, so she's taking care of, you know, her parents and also her ex-husband's parents or her dead husband's parents. Yeah, he did. And um, we learned that the grandparents have been bedridden for the past 20 years. Yeah. Which, no thank you. I mean, it's a nice big bed, and they look very comfortable. Yeah. But, but that sounds miserable. Yeah, and like, when I was watching it this time, because usually I'm just like, yay, comfort movie, brain off. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to, you know, process things, and I was like, do they all have bedpans? Oh, I hope so. Or does Charlie's mom have to help them all go to the bathroom? Yeah. All day long? Right. That's She's got to go work, too. Yeah, you need a nurse or something. Yeah. Maybe two. But they're expensive. Yeah, I know. So... so. Charlie comes in and says hello to all of his grandparents. Yes. George, Georgina, Josephine, and Grandpa Joe. Yep. Siblings are dating. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. But I mean, Charlie has brought home a loaf of bread with his paycheck. Yes. And it's a nice departure from their usual meal of cabbage water. Yeah. Blah. I know. But he's like, his mom says, we'll have a proper banquet, yeah. which makes me very sad. I know. And then... Charlie gives her the change from the bread, except for this one coin, which he's like, Grandpa Joe, I'm giving this to you because I'm going to start paying for your tobacco. Yeah. And Grandpa Joe's like, no, Charlie, I'm giving it up. Yeah, when a loaf of bread looks like a banquet, I've got no right to be buying tobacco. I mean, he's right. I know. Charlie's mom is like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just one pipe a day. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm quitting. Good. That's not, I mean, it's good. Good. Yeah. Good on you, Grandpa Joe. But it just shows, you know, how sweet charlie is too yeah he got a job so that he can help out his family he's not really buying himself anything mm-hmm. so after everyone else goes to bed charlie and grandpa joe stay up late talking and charlie is telling him about the scary tinkerer man that he saw on the way home mm-hmm. which i feel like this is just like good exposition on both wonka yeah and also Charlie and Grandpa Joe's relationship. Yeah, because Grandpa Joe's explaining, you know, oh, you know, people used to work at the factory, mm-hmm. but people kept going in dressed as workers and trying to steal Wonka's recipes yeah. and taking them to Slugworth or whatever. And he was just like, I'll be ruined. So I got to close it up. So yep. he closed up the gates, what, 20 years ago? 
And Probably. No one has been in or out since. Right, yeah, just one day, chocolate started coming back out, and nobody knows how. Mm-hmm. But everybody's like, okay, well, I'll buy it. Yeah, Charlie's like, somebody has to be working up there, and Joe's like, there must be thousands of people working up there. We just don't know who they are. Yeah. No one has seen him since. It's weird. Yeah. Does he get his groceries delivered? He only eats candy. Does he get his ingredients delivered? Yes. <laughs> Maybe he grows his ingredients, too. Oh, I mean, that's true. He's got a lot of space. The next day at school. Uh-huh. Uh, with the worst teacher ever. I love him. He is, I think, my favorite side character in this whole movie. He's ridiculous. Because he's, yeah, he's so silly. And he seems very, like, is this one of the, like, Monty Python dudes? No. Because it seems like one of them. No. No. No, because all of the Monty Python dudes wanted to be in this movie. Oh, but they weren't. Yeah, and then they were like, no, y'all aren't famous enough yet. Which is silly, because there are people in this movie who aren't famous. Yeah. (laughs) They were, it was just their way of being like, we're not putting up with your bullshit. Yeah. You probably think you're more famous than we want to deal with. Yeah. We'll just get these nobodies. Be. So I always thought that his teacher's name was Mr. Turpentine. Yeah. But looking it up, it's actually Mr. Turkentine with a K. Oh, that's weird. But I'm just going to keep referring to him as Turpentine. Yeah, that's fine. Funnier. It is. But there they are doing some crazy fucking science. I know. He tells Charlie, the trick is you got to pour them, pour in the ingredients in equal amounts. Yeah, they're holding these like brown glass jars and dumping them into a big bucket. Yeah. I mean, I guess if they've all been measured equally before, but right. he just says, now pour. And they don't like measure anything. They just start pouring it in there and it explodes a little bit. Yeah, it explodes in a little cloud. And Charlie says, did we do something wrong? And Mr. Turpentine says, no, no, this is for very big warts. Yes. <laughs> And he is where I began to wonder where the fuck they are, because he has a weird accent. Right. He's very some, British. Some of them have accents and some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Throughout the whole movie. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know where we are. Yeah. I think maybe it's meant to be just like, where are they? Yeah, You know, sure. a little bit ambiguous, but it is it's very strange. I know. Because they mentioned the other four cities that the other four kids come from. Right. Like, but Charlie. Specifically. Yeah. Gets his ticket so close to. Yeah like time to go that they don't show a news report about it anyway suddenly there's a commotion outside of Mm -hmm. the classroom and lots of kids are running down the hallway so mr t goes to see what the problem is Uh uh-huh and the same little kid with the turtleneck from earlier says that wonka's opening up the factory he's gonna let people in oh shit teacher's like class dismissed and then the kid says it's only for five people though he says oh class undismissed (laughs) and he says you gotta buy Wonka bars. He put golden tickets in the Wonka bars. Class re-dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> Grabs his jacket again. <laughs> Everybody rushes out except for Charlie because Charlie doesn't have any money. So he's like, what's the point? Yeah, he just leaves quiet. But he should be like, hell yeah, I'm off school early. Yeah. I don't know. School might be maybe a nice reprieve from yeah, maybe his he gets sad house. Yeah, yeah, truly. So then we see the man on the news who is further explaining the situation. Five golden tickets have been sent out in Wonka bars, and the winners will get a lifetime supply of chocolate, and also they get a tour of the factory. Yeah. And Wonka bars are being sold like crazy. It's Wonka mania, brother! (laughs) I love the way this man talks. Yeah. I just love, and I know it's because it's like the early 70s, but the audio in this movie too, I just love the like, the affect of like, it's almost like old radio. Yeah, I mean, he's very like Rod Serling. He's like, already we have reports coming in that the response is phenomenal. (laughs) You're just like, yeah, tell me more, man. Wonka bars are beginning to disappear from candy store shelves at a rate to boggle the mind. Truly, it is incredible the way that Wonka mania has descended upon the globe. 
While the world searches, we watch and wait, wondering where the pursuit will lead and how long the spirit of man will hold up under the strain. I know. It's, it's so serious. It is. It's and like, I love it. can the people handle the Wonkamania? And they're like, not really. <laughs> no, we will see. But they cannot. <laughs> they will not. Yeah, so then we get like a little... Like, just little clips of, like, how people are handling right, Wonkamania. Yeah. We've got this guy in his psychiatrist's office, and he's like, my dreams are still haunting me, and I know you told me not to listen to them, but they keep telling me all these wonderful things. And his psychiatrist is like, stop chasing your dreams, it's a fool's errand. He's like, but my latest dream, in my latest dream, the archangel appeared and whispered in my ear and told me where to find a golden Wonka ticket. And the psychiatrist is like, wait, no, go back to that. And he's like, but you told me it was stupid. He's like, shut up and tell me where the Wonka ticket is. <laughs> Shut up, Hofstetter, and tell me what the ticket is. He <laughs> says it so fast. It's such a good scene. I know. I love these little asides. Because, yeah. again, it's like, is this a kid's movie? Like, I, I mean, so. I enjoyed it as a child. Right. But I just love these little, like, glimpses into... Wonkamania. How the adults are handling everything. <laughs> so, then again on the news, we learn that one of the tickets has already been found mm-hmm. in Dusselheim, Germany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A man with antlers, because he's like, he's in a restaurant, but there are antlers on the wall behind him. Right. It just, he's just standing there so perfectly. He looks like he has antlers. And he's like, all right, everybody, meet our first. He's so excited. He's like, we're putting Dusselheim on the map. Yeah. We're going to meet Augustus Gloop. So the pride of Dusselheim, the fame yeah. of Western Germany, an example for the whole world. Augustus, how does it make you feel to be the first golden ticket finder? Hungry! <laughs> Any other feelings? He says, yes, I feel bad for Mr. Wonka. It's going to cost him a fortune in fudge. <laughs> and then they ask Mr. Gloop to say something, and he just eats the microphone. <laughs> so there's like, all right, Mrs. Gloop. And she's just like, I'm so proud. I knew that my Augustus would be the first to find a ticket. Yeah. It's like, why? Probably because he eats his weight and chocolate every day. Yes, absolutely. The, just the odds are <laughs> in his favor. Yes, good odds. Yeah, and the, but then we see that there is a man next to Augustus. Mm-hmm. Putting more food on his plate, but yeah. also whispering in his ear ominously at the same yes. time. He's got a big scar on his face. Oh, goody me. Looks very scary. Anyway, it's Charlie's birthday. Happy birthday, Charlie. And he got a nice new scarf. It is really nice. And his two of his grandmas, like his grandmas and his mom worked on it all I together. I think they took part with the Tessums. I know. <laughs> so she has sweet. a weird accent, too. I know. She's from, you know, who knows where she's from. I know. But she's been Clearly in bed for 20 there. years. Yeah, well... <laughs> Does not affect your accent. No. You don't start to sound like a bed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it's a bed accent. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a bed sounds like. That's what a bed sounds like. (laughs) So they also got him a Wonka bar, which the golden ticket can be in any kind of Wonka bar. That's crazy. I know. That's so many. Yes. I thought it was just regular ass Wonka bars, but they get him a Mallow bar and I was like, it could have been. Man. Yeah. It could have been literally anywhere. Yep. It's crazy. And he, they're like, well, go on, open it. And he, like, kind of turns around. And he's like, I got it. And yeah. then he's, he's like, I fooled you, didn't I? And I'm like, don't be a butthead, Charlie. God. He's just trying to be funny. I know. Maybe trying to, like, haha, I don't even care. But he care. They all care very much. Yeah. So. But then he tries to share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, no, it's your birthday. You know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But it's just, he's such a sweet, selfless boy. I know. <laughs> Speaking of selfless people, just kidding. <laughs> On to Veruca. Oh, she is the worst. I mean, this, and I say this a lot of times during our notes, this is the most gr- insufferable group of children in the world. Yes. Veruca is the worst. Yes. I just want bad things to happen to her. They do. I know, but not <laughs> soon enough. So 
Veruca's father owns a peanut factory, mm-hmm. and he has everyone that works there opening Wonka bars instead of shelling peanuts. Right. To try and find her a golden ticket. Yes. But Veruca is mad because somebody else already found one, and mm-hmm. she wanted to be the first. I wanted to be the first to find a golden ticket. She is screaming at him. Yeah. She's like, you're the worst. You are the meanest, nastiest father in the whole world. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not even going to go to school unless yeah. you find me a thing. I won't do it. She's just like putting her foot down. And then her mom is like, you're going to be very unpopular around here if you don't find one. And I'm like, you're not helping. Unpopular. Henry. <laughs> Doing her little cross stitch. Mm-hmm. Just like, no. and he's like. So, yeah, their names are Henry and Henrietta. Of course they're. Siblings are dating. Hilarious. But Mr. Salt says, For five days now, the entire flipping factory's been on the job. They haven't shelled a peanut in there since Monday. They've been shelling flaming chocolate bars from dawn to dusk. She says, Make them work nights! (laughs) You just shake your head the whole time. Yes. But, luckily, right about that time, one of the girls at the factory has found a golden ticket. Yay! I would have put it in my pocket. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, because there's probably not, like, security cameras or anything. No. It's like, maybe they just knew. I mean, he's he yells that they'll get a one-pound bonus, but it's, yeah. like, cool. Yeah. Or I could get a lifetime supply of chocolate and a tour of the factory. Yeah. I would just put in my fucking pocket. Yeah, I think so, too. But she runs it up to Veruca, and as Veruca grabs it, we, we see the same man mm-hmm. with the scar on his face whispering in her ear. Mm-hmm. And Veruca's mom says... Happiness is what counts with children. Happiness and harmony. <laughs> they are the worst. Uh, back that to the news. Is not happy. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we see a newsman who's standing in front of a trash can, just like full of Wonka bars. Yeah. I think they're, you know, they've not even been eaten. They've just been opened and then thrown away. Which, why, if you're trying to get a lifetime supply of chocolate, you're not even going to eat it? Yeah, you're going to waste the chocolate that you could have. Yeah, that you just bought, that you paid money for. Yeah. Not even gonna. Anyway, Wonka bars are sold out everywhere. We see all these different signs in like different languages that are just like, yeah, no Wonka, no Wonka bars. Yep. You even see some armored trucks delivering to the White House and shit. Yeah, (laughs) just funny. Uh huh. But my favorite scene. I know. I had completely. I know. I mean, I know you talked about it on the top, but I'd completely forgotten about this guy, and I really like it. It's so funny. It is. And I'm gonna do the whole scene. Do it. So there's a man, he's made a machine that can calculate where to find the last three Wonka bars. Uh-huh. And he is like talking to these three investor men who it is implied he got money from them to make it. Yes. And he says, based on the revolutionary computonian law of probability, this machine will tell us the precise location of the three remaining golden tickets. So he punches some computer buttons and it prints out a card mm-hmm. and it says, I won't tell. That would be cheating. <laughs> So he starts pushing more buttons and he says, I am now telling the computer that if it will tell me the correct answer, I will gladly share with it the grand prize. So he pushes more buttons. Out comes another card. (laughs) He says, what would a computer do with a lifetime supply of chocolate? (laughs) Starts furiously pushing (laughs) buttons and says, I am now telling the computer exactly what it can do with a lifetime supply of chocolate. I love it. I love End his scene. increasing <laughs> frustration. Yeah, that's very good. Thank you. His increasing frustration, but the way he's still trying to placate these men who have presumably given him a lot of money, or he's yeah. like, I am now telling the computer exactly what it can do. <laughs> Just punching <laughs> buttons. But it's so funny, too, because like, when it cuts back to the three men, 
their faces never change. They <laughs> do not react there. to any of it. Yeah. So then we meet Violet Beauregard. Mm-hmm. So you're on the TV. I think a bunch of people have gathered around and like Charlie's watching it too from outside. Yeah. Like back in the day when people used to watch TV in shop windows. Yeah. It's very cute. And she's found golden ticket number three. She's from uh, Arizona. Mile City, Montana. Montana. And then yeah. Mike TV's from Arizona or somewhere. Or New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And her dad, Sam Beauregard, tries to, like, boycott her spot for a little bit to, like, sell a used car. The newsman says he's a local politician, but then he's like, oh, if you want a deal, come down. And she's just like, shut up, dad. Hi, folks. Sam Beauregard here. Square deal, Sam, to you with all of today's great giveaway bargains. The finest values you'll get anywhere in the entire country. Now, this little number right here is a four-door sedan. Yeah. She's like, dad. I can't talk that fast. It's my show. They don't want you. Pushes him out of the way. So she is explaining. She's like, normally I'm a gum chewer, but as soon as I heard about this contest, I gave up the gum, started buying Wonka bars. And now, of course, I'm right back to gum. She's just like chewing gum the entire time, very obnoxiously. She says she's been chewing the same piece of gum for three months, which makes my jaw hurt. Yeah. And then (laughs) she's explaining like, I chew it all day except at mealtimes when I stick it behind my ear. Yeah. You just hear her mom's voice off screen go, Violet. Right. She says, cool it, mother. I assume her mom's name is Samantha. Probably. She says, now this piece of gum here is one that I've been chewing on for three months solid, and that's a world record. It's beaten the record held by my best friend, Miss Cornelia Prince Medal, and was she mad? Hi, Cornelia. How are you, sweetie? And then her dad fucking takes the mic again and starts trying to sell the shit. I know. Yeah. But All of these people are the worst. While he is stealing the microphone, we see the man with the, fa- the scar on his face mm-hmm. whispering in Violet's ear again. How does he get there so fast? He knows. He was just in Dusselheim. <laughs> or wherever Veruca's from, I forget. Uh, she's in England somewhere. Yeah. So then we see Charlie's mom. Yep. Doing some at laundry. At work. Doing some laundry. Yep. And he goes to walk her home, but she's like, no, I gotta be here late. So he's like, all right, well, bye. She's like, why don't you just hang out for a little bit? Like, yeah. take a seat. Pull, Pull up, up a pile of laundry. Yeah, that's cute. So he's like, well, they found the third ticket. That's it, bye. He's just really, you know, he, like, wants to talk about it, but he doesn't. He's sad about it. Yeah. She's just, like, you know, trying to talk to him. He says, there's two more, but, you know, I'm not going to find one. In case you're wondering if it'll be me, it won't. And he's, like, getting really upset about it. She's like, Charlie, it's okay. Like, calm down. Like, there are billions of people in the world, and only five of them will find, you know, golden tickets. And after they're all found... All those billions of people, just like you, will go back to being normal and their lives will be exactly the same. And, like, it's, you know, the the odds of you finding one are so slim. Like, don't even... Yeah, she's trying to just, up. like, be realistic about it, you right. know? And I think that it's smart of her and it's sweet, you know? And she says, yeah. after the contest is over, you'll be no different from the billions of others who didn't find a ticket. Exactly. And Charlie's like, but I am different because I want it more. Right. And it's sad. That's not how it works. Yeah. And then he leaves and then she starts singing which i'm like i really wish that she had sung this song to him i know i feel like he could have used the pick me up you know of her being like hey cheer up you've got me and you know you've got your grandpa joe and you've got like all these wonderful things and you are such a wonderful person that yeah things will be good for you no matter what but she waits till he leaves <laughs> yeah and then she just like stands in the doorway and sings and we get lots of shots of him walking home sadly with his mouth open yeah <laughs> <laughs> cheer up charlie it's like come on mom give me a smile he would maybe if you had sung the song to him to that smile i used to know (laughs) yeah be happy don't you know 
that your grin has always been my sunshine. Let that sunshine show. This this song feels super out of place, though. It does. Like, it almost feels like they wanted that actress, yeah. and she would only agree if they let her sing her own song. She's like, alright, but I'm gonna sing a song. Yeah. are like, okay. But just, you know, don't make it too too long. Yeah, it's a pretty forgettable song. Yeah. Except when I see someone that's sad and my brain says, cheer up, Charlie. Just be glad you're you. Just be glad you're you. <laughs> if you ever get sad, just just listen to the I'll tiny recording play of back, yeah. <laughs> Bucket Snake singing that line terribly. Yeah. It brings yeah. comfort to many. It'll make you feel better. On to Mike TV. Yes. His parents are so proud of him. I know that he opened a Wonka bar. <laughs> I mean, they just seem like they're proud of him all the time. Because his mom's like, I serve all his TV dinners right here. He's never even been to the table. I know. It's like, why? Why are you so proud of your insufferable child? He's like dressed as a cowboy. He's sitting on the couch in front of the TV. The reporters are trying to interview him, but he just like won't even pay attention because there's something on that he doesn't want to miss. Yeah. He's like, get at me when the commercials are on. Yeah. And the reporter says, Mike, would you tell us? And Mike shoots his cap gun and says, wait till I get a real one. Colt 45. Pop won't let me have one yet. Will you, Pop? Not till you're 12, son. Yeah, but you he's like... You're your 12-year-old son? A Colt 45? Yeah. He's just beaming at his child. Not till you're 12, son. I'm like... He... Do you even know this kid? He just sits in front of the TV all day. Yeah, what's he need a gun for? He does not. He tried to shoot, to the, shoot TV. the TV. Anyway, we don't have to tell you that the man with the scar on his face is already there. Yeah, just he's... sitting on his couch. Well, he has a microphone pretending to be a reporter. Yeah, but now he's whispering, Yeah, you know, into Mike's ear. He has been on TV doing this for three out of four of these children. Yeah, I wonder if anyone else has noticed. I don't know. Besides us. <laughs> I don't know. In the whole world. Clearly not Charlie. Anyway. The newsman is sad. He is sad. Though we cannot help but envy him, whoever he is, and we might be tempted to be bitter in our losing, we must remember there are many more important things, many more important things. Offhand, I can't think of what they are, but I'm sure there must be something. And now for tomorrow's weather. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> there's only one left, and he's just like, it's probably so he's realizing bummed. it's probably not going to be me yeah. or any of you. You know, the hope is dwindled. Yep. But it's just he's like, there's, there's other stuff. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> something good. Fine. <laughs> so back at Charlie's house, mm-hmm. everybody's asleep and Grandpa Joe woke Charlie up somehow. I don't know if he threw rocks at him from his bed or what. <laughs> threw a shoe. <laughs> they got all kinds of stuff under their beds. So they just That's reached true. down and was like, So Charlie. he, you, Grandpa Joe has used his tobacco money to buy Charlie a Wonka bar. You know, Charlie reprimands him. That money was for your tobacco. Yeah. But Grandpa Joe's invested in this as well. So. Yes, he wants it so badly for Charlie. So they they open the Wonka bar together, mm-hmm. and the ticket is not in there. Nope, and it's sad. It is. And he says, "I bet the foil makes the chocolate taste terrible anyway." No, <laughs> and then they hug. Sad, I know. <laughs> then we see an auction. Yes, they it's are the- auctioning off the last case of Wonka bars in the UK. Yeah, and he starts auctioning it off, and he's like. 2,000 pounds, 3,000 pounds, 4,500 pounds, 5,000 pounds. Your majesty. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The queen trying to get in yeah. to Wonka's factory. That would be a different movie. For sure. <laughs> and then we see another scene where this lady's husband has been kidnapped. 
she's like, I'll give them anything, anything they want. And they're waiting for the ransom, you know, yeah, and they, with the kidnappers to call with the ransom. And they finally do. And he's like, uh-huh. All right. Okay. I'll tell her. They want your case of Wonka bars. Yeah. She's like, uh, uh. he's like, Mrs. Curtis, did you hear me? It's your husband's life or your case of Wonka bars. How long will they give me to think it over? <laughs> and it cuts out. I do. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I love these little, like, we don't, we've never, we'll never see these people again. They're not no. consequential to the plot. Yeah. It's just weird glimpses into how everyone else is dealing with this too yeah show not tell this is how wongamania is affecting the world right and it's nice it's good very good storytelling but we hear on the news now that the last bar has been found in paraguay (laughs) yes and all of charlie's grandparents are like sitting in their bed you know watching the tv and talking about it and they're just like well don't tell charlie because we still want him to have hope you know at least for tomorrow let him have one more night of dreams yeah but of course, Charlie's awake and listening and crying. He's got little tears in his eyes. You know, it's so sad. So back at school the next day, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Turpentine says, I've just decided to switch our Friday schedule to Monday, which means the tests that we take each Friday and what we've learned during the week will now take place on Monday before we've learned it. But since today is Tuesday, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Pencils ready? <laughs> He's just like, I've just decided this thing that will make your life very much harder, but it doesn't matter because it should have happened yesterday and it's not. So anyway, keep going. You're like, okay. Why? Anyway. Today we're learning about percentages. Yeah. So he's asking all the students in the class, like, okay, if there are a thousand Wonka bars in the world, Mm -hmm. how many did you open? And we'll figure out what percentage that would be. So like one kid says he opened a hundred. So he's like, okay, that's 10%. Right. Another kid says he opened 150 and then he asked Charlie how many he opened, and Charlie says two. Right. And he's like, oh, 200. That's easy. Yeah. And Charlie's like, no, just two. Yeah. He goes, two? Well, I can't figure out just two. Let's say it's 200. <laughs> like, why are you bad at math? You're the one teaching percentages. I know. And then he says, now, if you open 200 Wonka bars, apart from being dreadfully sick, you'd have used up 20% of 1,000, which is 15%, half over again, 10%. And I'm like, what? <laughs> fuck are you talking what kind about of math is this this is why no one knows how to do math God, it's bad a man in a lab coat should not be <laughs> trying to teach percentages no he's not good at science either no anyway charlie's walking home uh-huh. after his baffling math lesson yes and he sees some money in a gutter yeah it's like a coin yeah and he's walking to the candy store uh-huh because he's like hell yeah i got some money I'm yeah myself extra some money candy yeah so he goes into the candy store and he buys a scrum dilly emptress bar because he asks for whatever one's the biggest Mm -hmm. and he shoves it all in his mouth yeah he is jamming chocolate in his face and the guy's like whoa 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 whoa! you're gonna make yourself sick eating chocolate like that yeah and And he's like that's fine (laughs) he doesn't seem to be enjoying it no he's just woofing it down and then as he's leaving he's like oh you know what i got some change i'm gonna buy grandpa joe a chocolate bar too yeah because he's been so nice to me. Yeah. So he buys him just a regular Wonka bar and he walks outside. And as he's walking up to the newsstand, he can see a bunch of commotion. And a bunch of people have bought newspapers and he overhears mm-hmm. everyone talking about how the guy in Paraguay was, he made like a fake ticket. Yeah. So there's still one more ticket out there. Yes. And Charlie gets this funny feeling. He's like, he got a big old smile on his face. He is like, Oh man, I just know it. That yeah, this, this one, the one that I have in my hand, is gonna be it. Yeah, so he kind of like stands back a little bit and opens it, and the music gets a little hopeful. And yeah. as he's ripping it open, it's like, 
And there it is. There it is. It's in there. Oh my god! And he just throws the chocolate bar on the ground. <laughs> it's like, god damn it! You, you don't eat it. Right. You were supposed to take it home for Grandpa Joe. It's fine. They have a lifetime supply of chocolate now. He don't fucking need it. Yeah. So he takes his golden ticket. He gets mobbed a little bit by I the. I'm so worried. Every time I crowd. see this movie, I'm so worried. Even though I know that they don't, I'm worried yeah. that someone's gonna grab it from know, him. And I'm like, get out of there! It up in the air, and he's so little, and they're also big. I know. A lady's like, he's got it. Look at that. Come over here. Let me see. And I'm like, get out of there, Charlie. And some some it's adult. Mr. Joe Peck. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, up. run, Charlie, run all the way home. Yeah. And he does, and it takes forever. <laughs> I told you, he probably lives far from school. I guess so. But as he's running, he's running through a tunnel. Mm -hmm. And who does he come across? The man with the scar. Yeah. Who is? Mr. Slugworth. Oh, God. Yeah, so he explains that he is Arthur Slugworth. (laughs) He kind of says Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, it's from Germany. Yeah, Arthur Slugworth, president of Slugworth Chocolates Incorporated. Now listen carefully, because I'm going to make you very rich indeed. (laughs) (laughs) so he explains that wonka is making a very fantastic invention called the everlasting gobstopper and if he if he succeeds he'll ruin me yes so he's like i just want you to get one while you're in there and bring it back to me Mm -hmm. and then he says if you do your reward will be ten thousand of these yeah and i can't it looks like he has like a book but i guess maybe he just has a stack of Money? money it's just not american money yeah it just it looks i guess it's just the way that he's holding it it looks like like a coupon book or something like that. Because it's really big. It's like yeah. bigger than American money and it's like... That might be it. A lighter color. But yeah, I can't tell what kind of money it's supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah, he... Charlie like backs away from the scary man and then continues running home. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the name. Everlasting Gobstopper. Exactly. How could you forget? How could you forget it? So he runs inside to his house and he says, I've got it, I've got it, the fifth golden ticket is mine. They're all like, you're pulling our leg, Charlie. They found the fifth golden ticket. We saw it on the news. Charlie's like, no, that one was a fake and I found some money in the gutter and then I went and bought some chocolate and the ticket was in there and then I ran all the way home. Look at it. Yeah, look at it. So he hands it to Grandpa Joe and Grandpa Joe reads it and he says, greetings to you, the lucky finder of this golden ticket from Mr. Willy Wonka. Present this ticket at the factory gates at 10 o'clock in the morning on the first day of October, and do not be late. You may bring with you one member of your own family, but no one else. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises await you. Charlie, you've done it! <laughs> Charlie says, I wish you could go with me, Grandpa Joe. And Grandpa Joe says, you know what? I haven't really wanted to work for the last 20 years, but like mm. the factory? Mm. You could probably check that out. And it sounds... Like a good time. And then he just, like, gets right the fuck up. He just gets up. There's no way, unless he's been getting up and doing laps around the bed at night, that his leg muscles are not completely atrophied. Like I know. Useless. Noodles. So he gets up and he stumbles around for a little bit. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me, Charlie. Up and about. I haven't, I haven't done, done, this, done in this in 20 years. 20 years. Watch my speed. Grandpa. <laughs> As he falls down. <laughs> Here I go. It is a cute little scene. But yeah, it's just like. He's just hobbling around like the house. You could have tried. I know. Because this literally takes like, what, 45 seconds of yeah. him like remembering how to walk. Right. I mean, we don't need to see the six months of PT and rehab that it would take to get this man back yeah. on his feet. But it's very brief. I never thought my life could be anything but catastrophe. But suddenly I began to see a bit of good luck for me. Why? Because I've got a golden ticket. 
I've got a golden twinkle in my eye. That's the song that gets stuck in my head the most when I watch this movie. I never had a chance to shine, never a happy song to sing, but suddenly half the world is mine. What an amazing thing, because I've got a golden ticket. It's ours, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) It's ours. Anyway. Charlie. It's a really cute song. It is. I read a review that was like, the songs are forgettable, and I was like, fuck you. No, they're not. No, they're not. What do you think? This is Pete's Dragon. So Charlie's mom comes in and is like, stop, 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 stop. I cannot stand the singing anymore. No, she's like, you guys, t- October 1st is tomorrow. Yeah. You got to and you gotta get going. Charlie's grandpa says, jumping crocodiles, Charlie. We've got a lot to do. Comb your hair, wash your face, polish your shoes, and brush your... <laughs> Charlie's mom is like, I've, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, we, know, we know how to leave the house, Joe. I yeah. really am like... Because Grandpa Joe just like throws a jacket and a hat on over his pajamas, and I'm his like, pajamas put on he's some been wearing for pants. twenty years, yeah, yeah. The and his like house man. slippers. At the very least, we know that they always have clean laundry. That's true. They have to. <laughs> like, there's no way. Yeah. Um. But then this is when Charlie stops to tell Grandpa Joe about Slugworth. We see him like explain it to him a little bit. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, on my way home, this guy accosted me." Yeah. But we don't get the whole explanation because we were there. Yes, we already know. So. I'm at this point. I'm like, man, it's a, it is really lucky that Charlie happens to live down the street from Willy Wonka's factory. Yeah, because otherwise he'd be like, well, I found this golden ticket, but pfft, what am I gonna get on a boat? Yeah, I can, I, you know, I can't afford to get there. I kind of wonder too, with like where Slugworth is always wherever the ticket is found too. If Willy Wonka doesn't know like where the tickets are being shipped, yeah, just kind of know he has to. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, how does he get there so fast? And so he knows to send the last ticket like to the town they're in yeah since the deadline is coming up yeah but i mean if he didn't find it i guess it would just be only four people instead of five yeah i mean i guess he could sell it i don't know you can't like hop on ebay but he could sell it maybe to someone locally yeah that's true for a lot of money who had money to go to the factory but yeah heavy boned but it's time to go to the factory it's 10 a.m you know what hold on i just had a thought okay what if that wasn't a fake ticket but that guy didn't have any kids and so wonka was just like somehow got the news out that it was fake hmm. and then sent out another one so that a kid would find it it would make sense as to why it didn't get found until the day before yeah um i never but thought it, it's about that. interesting because it doesn't say on the ticket or anywhere in the contest that it has to be children right because i mean we see like these auctions and we see this lady who's like you know like the queen. got a case of them yeah and the queen and, yeah. and the president like it never says it has to be children it just says so whomsoever they, yeah announced that an adult without a kid got yeah because that's what it was yeah on the news station like the, they show the guy's face in paraguay and it's like this old man yeah older ah i hadn't thought of that until perhaps now. interesting a theory a theory well then he should have said any child i mean if that was his goal because i mean yeah but he also wanted to make money it's lucky <laughs> so that he wanted everybody to maybe people would have bought them i don't know yeah it's just lucky that if if that is the case it's lucky that only one of them was found by children because you know you got to find children wasn't with found money yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 um or children with parents with money who are willing to buy huh. candy right well in any case it's time mm-hmm it's 10 a.m. on October 1st. Yep. It's time to go into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Yes, everyone is gathered around the gate. Yep. It's an event. Yeah, the the clock bongs. <laughs> 10 times. Yep. And then Wonka comes out, uh-huh. taking his sweet ass time. It's taking so long. Limping down the red carpet with his cane. Yep. And as he's walking, 
His cane gets stuck in the cobblestones, mm-hmm. and he takes a step without it, and then he realizes that he doesn't have it. <gasps> and it looks like he's about to fall forward on his face. Oh, no! But he does a somersault. Yeah, and he's like, ta-da! Yeah! It's me. So I wanted to put this little trivia while mm-hmm. we're talking about it. Yeah. But this scene was entirely Gene Wilder's idea. Yes. It's not in the book, and it wasn't in the original script, but he said the reason why he wanted it was... Because from that time on, no one will know if I'm lying or telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Also, they didn't tell anyone else. Yeah, that they were going to do it. Yeah, so that all of their reactions would be genuine to They're him like, falling. Oh, yeah. Is that man okay? Is Gene Wilder okay? Yeah, I read somewhere that one of the kids, I don't remember if it was Violet or Veruca, thought that he had actually hurt himself and had a moment where she was like, oh no, we're going to have to like postpone filming while he gets better. Oh no. <laughs> like, just like that thought ran through her head really yeah. fast. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, Veruca gets her wish and gets to go up to Mr. Wonka first. Yes. And he greets them all and they all introduce themselves and he's like, it's so nice to meet you. And he's being, he seems like genuine, but he also seems sketchy as fuck. Yeah. He's just like. Well, he, he knows he has ulterior motives. It's true. But I'm just like, he's just such a weirdo. You know, he's clearly like a shut in who hasn't talked to people in a long time. Yeah. And he's just like kind of shady. Yeah. And they're all just like, it's nice to meet you. And he's like, "Hmm, what a charming young child you are. Because I mean, like TV's like, bang, like fucking pretends to shoot him. And he's like, ugh. Right. (laughs) Maybe a little bit of regret too, where he's just like, oh God, I got to talk to people all day. Right. He made these plans when he was feeling social and now the time (laughs) has come and he's like, shit. I can't cancel them. (laughs) I printed it on the tickets. Yep. So here we go inside Wonka's factory. Mm-hmm. And they have to hang up their jackets quickly because there's so much time and so little to see. Wait a minute. Scratch that. Reverse it. Thank you. Thank you. He just has this like little smile on his face the whole time that's not mm-hmm. like... He, yeah, he just he clearly has ulterior motives because yeah. he just looks so shady. He's a just like... A little mischievous. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so they all hang up their coats on just, like, hands that are sticking out of the wall, and then when they set their coat on it, it, like, grabs them, and somebody screams. Yeah. And Wonka says, little surprises around every corner, but nothing dangerous. Liar. I'm like, everybody gets hurt in this movie. <laughs> their lives are in danger. Don't be alarmed. But first, step right up here and sign this giant contract. Yes. Which they do. It begins, whereas the management cannot be held responsible for any accidents, incidents, loss of property or life or limb, and whereas for damage caused by lightning, earthquakes, floods, fire, frost, or frippery of any sort, kind or condition, consequently the undersigned take responsibility. Yeah. Most of the parents are like, hey, we're not signing anything until we've read it, until our lawyer is present. You know, I'm not going to do it. And they're just, the kids are like, listen, I'm going in there and nothing's going to stop me. Yeah, they just go up and sign it. So I'm going to sign this. And Charlie looks at Grandpa Joe and is like, what about me, Grandpa? And he's like, we don't have anything to lose. So just fucking go for they it. They really dude. don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, we have nothing. Not, what are they going to sue us? Go for it. I love that Mrs. TV says, I assume there's an accident indemnity clause. And Wonka says, never between friends. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's cute. Also, what is frippery? I think it's a made-up word. Okay, good. Floods, <laughs> fire, frost, or frippery? One of the parents is like, frippery? <laughs> so, then they go through a rather big door into a very small room, and he's like, through the other door, please. And Veruca goes rushing forward, smacks into the wall. Everybody else crams in behind her, and he closes the door, and they're all like, where's the door, Wonka? They're all being squished. And he's just like, it's around here somewhere, banging on the walls, Can't trying find to find the it. door. I could have sworn that there was a door in here. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Gloop yells, help, Mr. Wonka, help, I'm getting squashed, save me. <laughs> and Wonka says, is it my soul that calls upon my name? 
She gets me every time. She <laughs> so just looks up. She's, she's like, like, is it my soul? Hello? <laughs> Who's there? And then Wonka is finally like, oh, here's the door. And but everyone's it- like, you're mad, Wonka. That's the door we came in. Yeah. And he's like, oh, is it? Is it? And he leans on it and it opens into a different room. Yes. And it's a hallway full of a bunch of doors. And I believe it's Mr. Salt says, what is this, Wonka? Some kind of fun house? And he says, why? Are you having fun? Which might be my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah. Because it's the, the implication that you're not even meant to be having fun at this point. <laughs> He's like, oh, I, I'm doing my job wrong. Why? Having fun? Yes. Yeah. So Mrs. TV and Mr. Beauregard are both like, you know what? Fuck this. We're leaving. And mm-hmm. they turn around and Wonka's like, oh, you can't get out backwards. You've got to go forwards to go back. Yeah. Better press on. Might as well keep coming with me. Yeah. So they do. He goes down the hallway and it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And he's like a big man at the tiny, at the end of this tiny little the hallway. The room's getting smaller. No, it's not. He's getting bigger. <laughs> he's like, all right, we're going through this door. But before we go through this door, I got to tell you, this is where all my dreams become reality. And some of my realities become dreams. Mm-hmm. Also, everything in this room is eatable. I mean, edible. I mean, you can eat everything in the room. Yes. There's like, what? But then he brings out this tiny little keyboard and he says, it's a musical lock. Yes. And he plays... Not so, Rachman enough. No, and I didn't know this either because I was looking at the script. He plays and Miss TV says Rachman enough, but it's actually the opening to Mozart's Marriage of Figaro. Oh, <laughs> so she's not even right. She's so smug. Yeah, she just like looks at the group and is like Rachman enough, and you're like, okay. yeah. So that was a joke in there this Great. whole time that I never got until yeah. now that she's smug and not very smart. <laughs> not even correct. But then the door opens and suddenly it's a very big door. Because at first they were all, they're like, no one's, we're not going to get through that door. It's so tiny. Yeah. But now it's huge. And they all walk through and they are in the chocolate room. Yes. It's my favorite song. Especially when the smoking popes do it. Yes. That cover is very good. And if you haven't heard it, you should listen to it. Uh Uh-huh. It's on Spotify. Yep. So there's a big stairway that goes down into the room and they're Mm -hmm. kind of like slowly making their way down the stairs he's doing like little dances yeah he is flipping his cane to like make them slow down so that they don't like rush into the room yeah he's like you will listen to me sing this song yep <laughs> you're gonna wait goes down two steps comes back up one come with me and you'll be in a world of your imagination take a look and you'll see <laughs> into your imagination yeah. My favorite part is when he sings, um, if you want to change the world, there's nothing to it. And he pulls out some of Mike TV's hair yeah. and just like sprinkles it on the ground. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, he did change the world just by pulling out his hair. <laughs> Aww, that's like, crazy. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. But anyway, he finally lets them run off into the yes. chocolate room. Go, be free, explore, touch everything, eat everything. And they do. Which of these candies would you have eaten? Oh, man. I don't know. I do. I like, I prefer gummy things. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going for like, because like Charlie and Grandpa Joe look like they have like big candy canes. It looks like hard candy. Yeah. I'm not going that method. And then Mrs. TV is like just scooping cream out of like the top of a mushroom. And that looks very sticky. Yeah. Um, And like too sweet. So I don't, I like the thing that. And the way that he does it, too, is, like, my favorite. So the thing that Mr. Beauregard has where he, like, unfurls it and then viciously bites in the middle. Yes. Whatever he's got, I think, is maybe it what It looks I'm like a giant for. Twizzler type thing. Yeah. yeah which I actually like licorice or something. hate Twizzlers, so hopefully it tastes good, but... Yeah, but it uh, that part, even though I've seen this movie a thousand times, when I was watching it last night, I went, huh, 
Because <laughs> they're just so cute. Yeah, because he's like, ooh, like he looks like he's having the most fun out of yeah. all the adults. You know, the kids are obviously like having a great time. And Grandpa Joe's obviously having a great time, but he's been having fun the whole time. Yeah. He's like got this very whimsical attitude. Yeah. But like of the adults who are like stuffy and terrible, Mr. Beauregard just looks like he's having the most fun. And yes. so I'm like, whatever he's got going on sounds great. I really want that teacup that Monka yeah. drinks out of and then bites. It looks it like it's looks... made out of wax. It is. <laughs> but. <laughs> like, even if it, like, it lo- reminds me of those, like, like wax bottle oh, candies. Yeah. So I'm like, I can feel the wax in my teeth. And yeah. I'm like, mm, pass. I don't know. It just sounds so crunchy. Yeah. Anyway. Now I want candy. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Gloop and Mr. Salt are criticizing the river yes because they're like oh your river's polluted yeah this is disgusting it's industrial waste that you've ruined your watershed wonka it's polluted he says it's chocolate that's chocolate (laughs) he says yeah chocolate river and look at the waterfall it's actually churning the chocolate it's the only chocolate in the world that's being churned by waterfall yeah it's the best way to do it gets it just right he gets right up in mr salt's face and he's like if you want it to be perfect <laughs> he and mr salt like have a thing the whole movie yeah. he like whispers shit only to him throughout <laughs> and i think he's just making him uncomfortable on purpose i think so which is very funny but this is where we first see the oompa loompas uh-huh across the river yeah they come from loompa land mrs tv says <laughs> There's no such place There's no such place now listen here mr wonka i am a teacher of geography he says, oh, then you've heard of it. Then you, you know, know how terrible it, it is. Yeah. Oh, well, then you know all about it and what a terrible country it is. Mm-hmm. Nothing but desolate wastes and fierce beasts. Yes. And the poor little Oompa Loompas were so small and helpless, they would get gobbled up right and left. A wangdoodle would eat ten of them for breakfast and think nothing of it. <laughs> and so I said, come and live with me in peace and safety, away from all the wangdoodlers and hornswogglers and snozwanglers and rotten, vermicious canids. Yes. Snozwanglers? Vermicious canids? <laughs> what kind of rubbish is that? <laughs> Veruca, of course, says, Daddy, I want an Oompa Loompa now! Oh my god, Which you is like, just can't buy people. Veruca. What are you going to do with it? It's <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a man. He's a small man, you have to feed him. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least. So, while all of this is going on in the explanation and everything, mm-hmm. Augustus has been drinking straight from the chocolate river. Yeah, just put his hands in it. Yeah, not even using a cup. Lurping it up. I know, there's there are cups around. Yeah, and uh, Wonka is like, please, uh, don't do that. Augustus, please, I beg of you. My chocolate must not be touched by human hands. Yes, you're contaminating it. And then, what does he do? He falls in. Contaminates it as much as possible. Head first, with his shoes on. And everything. The fact that they're not wearing, like, little booties or anything in this room that is eatable is upsetting. (laughs) That's true. But it's fine. Yeah, and Augustus is, like, screaming for help, and Mrs. Gloop is like, don't just stand there do something yes wonka says help police murder and that's it very quietly (laughs) charlie like offers a big piece of candy something yeah for him to grab onto and he like tries but he misses because he's like getting sucked up into one of the pipes right and he's probably very slippery too oh yeah mr salt says looks like he's drowning (laughs) like yeah (laughs) thank you very helpful yeah and this is when wonka's like oh the suction has got him yeah and then he gets sucked up into the pipe and they like watch his coat go up and then he blocks all of the chocolate. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh no, he's stuck. He's going to be stuck in there forever. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. The pressure will get him unstuck pretty soon. The question is, it's really just a matter of when. Mrs. Gloop is obviously upset. 
She says, he'll be made into marshmallows in five seconds. That's impossible. That's absurd. Why? Because that pipe doesn't go to the marshmallow room. It goes to the fudge room. <laughs> oh, very clever. So he, he plays his little flute. Yeah. Again. And then an Oompa Loompa takes Mrs. Gloop to the fudge room. Yep. And then... I've got that. No, that's not that. Because they don't say another puzzle the first time. I've got a perfect puzzle for you. If you are wise, you'll listen to me. And there's like, they're dancing and doing some choreography. And there's also like the words like flutter on the screen. And like the first graphic text word art that has ever happened. Yes, it's very 70s and very like, oh, you just learned how to do this. What do you get? When you guzzle down sweets, eating as much as an elephant eats, what are you at getting terribly fat? What do you think will come of that? Do, do, do. I don't like the look of it. If you're not greedy, you will go far. It's a good lesson. It is. Don't drink out of the chocolate river. Don't, yeah, he asked you politely not to do it. You could eat almost anything in the room. Just don't put your human hands. He didn't even say that you couldn't drink it. He just said, don't put your human hands Yeah. in the river. Yeah. However, what you can put in the river is it's a, a boat. giant boat. <laughs> I'm sure it's been cleaned. I guess. I guess, yeah, if it's just a paddle boat and it doesn't have any kind of, like, engine. Yeah. And it's, it's been sanitized. Boat. Yeah, it's fine. It's not human hands, I suppose. Oompa hands are fine. Sure. They all got little gloves on. Yeah, so the boat comes down the river uh-huh. and says, you're going to just love this. Just love it. I don't know, I don't know about that. Yeah, and, the, you know, they get on the boat. They're all talking. Mr. Salt says, ladies first, and that means Veruca. And Grandpa Joe says, if she's a lady, then I'm a vermicious canid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It is cute. But he says it so loudly. Yeah, he was not being secretive about <laughs> he that. He does not have volume control, does no. Grandpa Joe. Yeah, so they're sitting there. I don't yeah. remember why she says it. Oh, I remember. Okay. Because one of them is like... Mrs. TV is like, I'm going to be sick. Yeah. And he's like, here, suck on this candy or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can spit in seven colors. Yeah. And Violet's like, spitting is a dirty habit while she has her pinky finger entirely up her nose. Yeah. And he's like, I can think of a worse one. Yeah. I can think of a worse one. But so, yeah, um, I just Just love- a small piece of trivia. Yeah. While we're talking about this scene. Uh-huh. The actress who played Violet didn't want to do this part. Yeah. Because she had a crush on the kid playing Charlie. Oh. And she didn't want to pick her nose in front of him. That's fair. I know. She looks <laughs> not attractive <laughs> in this know. scene. But yeah, so Mr. Beauregard is trying to, like, talk business with Mr. Salt. And he says, yeah. what business he insult? And he goes, nuts. <laughs> and then, like, he just goes, oh. And then they don't talk anymore. <laughs> nope. But, so, they start traveling on this boat through this chocolate river this scene i don't yeah they I approach a tunnel and it starts to make everyone nervous because it's very dark yeah and mr beauregard is like i don't like the looks of that like let's just get off the boat right and wonka says round the world and home again that's the sailor's way <laughs> and then they get in the tunnel and all this like terrifying shit it is starts awful. showing on the tunnel walls yes, there's like all these flashing lights there's bugs crawling on people's faces or like lizards eating bugs like super close up we see and a Wonka's chicken going faster yeah faster. a chicken straight up gets its head cut off like i'd forgot like i remember this scene was unsettling but i've forgotten how bad it is and then it's rough 
<laughs> everyone's screaming. They're going fast. The walls are flashing like a bad acid trip. And Wonka starts singing. Yeah. Unblinkingly. Yes, without his face moving at all. Even though he keeps getting louder and louder, his face just stays completely the same. There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. There's no knowing where we're rowing. Mr. Salt is, like, trying to make a joke of it. He's like, rowing. <laughs> yeah. Because at first, like, um, he seems kind of into it. And then... Yeah, it starts to get too um, much for everyone. Like, Charlie and Grandpa are having a good time. Yeah. They're just like, we're just along for the ride. Whatever happens is cool. Wonka seems, like, weird but cool. But yeah, the, uh, by the end, everybody is like, yo, fuck this. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Is a hurricane a-blowing? <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. <laughs> Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! <laughs> the script here just says, Wonka screams. Chaos. Yes! <laughs> it is truly that. So then we get to the inventing room because they finally they get off the boat and he's like we're here because they're like wonka if you don't stop this boat yeah mr salt is like this has gone far enough and wonka says quite right sir stop the boat and then boop they're just not moving anymore and there they are he's like everybody off yeah they're yeah. inventing room he says a couple of times don't touch anything yes don't touch it don't eat it don't touch it these things are not done yet this is where i put all of my inventions and all of my creativity and i'm you know, very much going out on a limb here and extending to you the courtesy of showing you this room. Mm -hmm. Don't fucking touch anything. Got it? And they're like, sure. Mr. Salt, in the middle of all of this, says, I can't take much more of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That was a terrifying boat ride. Yep. So we get in there and uh, he's explaining some kind of candy and he's adding it all up. He's like, oh, it's got... He says, invention, yes. my dear friends, is 93% perspiration, 6% electricity, 4% evaporation, and 2% butterscotch ripple. <laughs> this is TV says, that's 105%. <laughs> and then uh, he drinks whatever he's just mixed together and they say, any good? And he goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but while they're all looking around, Mike eats some candy, which he was just very expressly instructed not to do. Yeah. And then he explodes. Yep. It and explodes like, right in his mouth. He flies backwards. Mm -hmm, knocks over a bunch of shit. There's a bunch of pots and pans hanging on a rack. Of course there are. Yeah, and Wonka's like... He's not even looking at him. No, he's like, oh, it's exploding candy for your enemies. Mm-hmm. Needs more... It's not quite done yet. Needs more Jellic Knight. Yeah. He says. <laughs> he's like, I told you not to do that, dear boy. It's like, I love it. Oh, your teeth. <laughs> yeah, so he's just like kind of wandering around and he's yeah, like... Yeah, he like throws a clock in one vat. He throws yeah. some shoes in another vat mm -hmm. to give it some kick. Yes. And then something else is too cold, so he puts an entire coat in it. It's yes. all very, like... Very silly. Yeah. On Cause... the nose, but it's it's funny. Mm -hmm. And then we see the everlasting gobstoppers machine. Yes, it's so secret that the whole machine is covered up in sheets. Yes. Very colorful sheets, though. Yeah. He's like, all right, I will show this to you. This is very cool. Yes. But you gotta promise me that you won't show anybody else. This is the everlasting gobstopper machine. And of course, all the Everybody kids perk like, up. Yeah, looks at their parents. Yeah. And they're all like, did you say everlasting gobstoppers? And he's like, yes, may, you know, promise. And so they all promise that they won't share what they see with anybody else. But of course, Veruca crosses her fingers behind her back. Yeah. And he turns like, it on. I promise. 
And then he hands them all a gobstopper, except Charlie. Yeah, he misses Charlie at the first yeah. go around somehow. Grandpa Joe's like, what about Charlie? And he's like, and one for Charlie. Mm-hmm. They look incredibly uncomfortable to have in your mouth. I know. They're like too big and very pointy. Yeah. They're like jacks. Yeah. Yeah. Made of candy. Like. Yeah. But, but huge. <laughs> they're for children with very little pocket money. I know, you but. suck them forever. You can, you can suck, suck, them suck them and suck them and suck them. <laughs> They'll never get any smaller. Then they could be smaller than that. <laughs> if they're if they're everlasting, they could be a little bit smaller and less pointy. You know, like the actual everlasting gobstoppers. Mike asks, "How do you make them?" <laughs> and Wonka says, "I'm a trifle deaf in this ear. Speak a little louder next time." Every time Mike talks to him, he's like, "You should open up your mouth more when you speak." Like he's yeah. such a dick to him. It's he's, so funny. Anytime anyone asks a question, he's just like. Oh, all questions have to be submitted in writing. Yeah. Like the first question he gets, he's like, I'm sorry, you have to hold your questions to the end of the tour. And uh-huh. then someone else asks him, oh, you got to submit it in writing. And then, yeah, anytime Mike asks, he's like, can't hear you. Moving on. <laughs> That's great. It is great. And then they go to another machine, which this, I love this machine and this idea. Yes. Like candy that lasts forever sounds kind of gross, but this sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it definitely sounds cool. Yeah. Um, It's a huge machine. There's a lot of things going on. One part of it is smashing tomatoes. Another part is full of honeybees that are, like, actively making honey that is being, yeah. like, dripped into the candy at the time. Yeah. And they're Mike, all like, what is it? Mike says, what a contraption. And Wonka says, isn't she scrumptious? She's my revolutionary, non-pollutionary mechanical wonder. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, where did I put that button? And Charlie's like, it's over there. And Wonka's like, over here, you say? <laughs> yeah, like, it's not his machine that he built. Right. Oh, this button? Yeah. So he pushes the button. Uh-huh. And he says... What you are witnessing, dear friends, is the most enormous miracle of the machine age, the creation of a confectionery giant. Violet says, it's gum! Yes, by gum, it's gum! Right! And he says, wrong! <laughs> it's the most amazing gum you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, she says, so long as it's gum, that's for me. Uh-huh. So she takes it and he's like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I'm she's not like, done mm, figuring it out yet. I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. And she puts it in her mouth. Because he explains, this gum is not just gum, it's a three-course meal. Yeah. And she's So they're all gathered around her, and they're like, all right, well, what does it taste like? She's like, uh, okay, so at first it tastes like tomato soup. Oh, wow, I can feel it going down my throat. It's so warm and creamy. Yeah. Oh, next is roast beef with a baked potato. And her dad's like, ha-ha, and sour cream. What's for dessert, baby? And he's like, hang on, it's coming. Blueberry pie and cream. It's the most marvelous blueberry pie that I've ever tasted. Yeah, and it all sounds well and good, except that, oh no, Violet is turning purple. Violet. Yes. <laughs> Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. Yes. But then she tells her dad to shut up so that she can, like, keep explaining yeah. the gum, which you're like, if someone tells you you're turning purple, don't you want to know? Yeah, shut up, dad. I know, but I think she's just so used to telling him to shut up that she literally didn't even hear what he said. I got a blueberry for a daughter. you <laughs> love that. Yeah, so she gets very, you know... She gets very blue, very round, suddenly is a blueberry. Yeah. yeah he's like, her- oh, she's swelled up like a balloon. We've got to deflate her. And he's like, no, deflate her. She's got to be juiced. She's a literal blueberry. So yeah, take her to the juicing room. Full of blueberry juice so the Oompa Loompas come in and roll her out of the room. Yeah. Which- well, they sing a little song around her. Wonka is like, we have to get her there right away before she explodes. And the Oompa Loompas are like, not before we sing this song. First we sing. Oh, we can wait just a minute while we talk about how shitty your child is. Chewing and chewing all day long. The way that a cow does. <laughs> so she gets rolled off to the juicing room. And they look after her longingly. Mm-hmm. And Wonka says, where is fancy bread? In the heart or in the head? <laughs> what the fuck is he ever talking then about? Then he says, shall we roll on? <laughs> <laughs> you bastard Wonka. So then 
And now he says, "Oh yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact line, but something about he's like two, you know, naughty children are gone, and three sweet, wonderful children are left." Yeah. And they're all like, "Great, great. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't die as well." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, starting I, to feel like candy saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dewey's taking a little bit of like time to be like, "Hey." listen to me you see what happens when they don't listen like yeah you, you too can avoid this fate if you quit fucking see these children that i have left with me are good and listen to me when mm. i talk right you right. little shit kids then they so. walk past they're like oh we gotta go we have so much yeah, that on, we have on. to see so many things so many things wait hang on i gotta show you this first lickable, lickable wallpaper for nurseries I hope it doesn't get sticky. They all just immediately are like, cool. Start licking the walls like a bunch of crazy people. He's like, go on, try it. Tastes great. The apples taste like apples. The oranges taste like oranges. The schnozberries taste like schnozberries. Schnozberry? Who ever heard of a schnozberry? And then he grabs her little face and squeezes it and says, we are the music makers. And we are the dreamers of dreams. She's like, cool. I'm going to go back to licking this wall. She's... (laughs) Her tongue's just sticking out and it's like sort of pink she's like (laughs) okay (laughs) my bad and then they get to the fizzy lifting drinks Mm -hmm. he says don't try it it's too powerful however it'll be a lot of fun there's bubbles everywhere it looks like a fun room yeah it's very tall yeah but and so he's like you can't try it no sorry they all beg and beg and then you know they go to leave but grandpa joe and charlie hang back Yes, Grandpa Joe is the one who suggests it. I don't think Charlie would ever in a million years do I don't anything wrong. He would have either. But Grandpa Joe's like, come on, Charlie, let's try it. One little drink won't hurt us. We, you know, let's let's try it for ourselves. Yeah. So they, they pop a bottle open, take a swig, and they're like, well, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And then they start to float. Mm-hmm. They're having a great time. They're flying around. They're doing flips and shit. Charlie says, come on in. The air is fine. And Grandpa Joe says, I don't know, Charlie, I haven't swum in 20 years. I know. <laughs> you haven't well, you done haven't anything. Done shit in 20 years, bro. You sat in a bed. We get it. Yeah. So they kind of like do flips and float around and have a great fun good yeah. old time floating up to the ceiling. It but does then look they very fun. realize that they're going too high. Yes. And that they can't get down and that there's a giant fan. Yes. They'll, they'll be cut to ribbons. They, yeah, they're going to be chopped up. Figure out how to get back down. Mm hmm. Grandpa Joe burps. Uh huh. And then he starts to, like, float down a little bit. Yeah. So he's like, burp, Charlie, you've got to burp. I, watching this, I've seen this movie a couple of times, so I'm watching the scene and I'm like, I hate this scene. Yeah. Actually, I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate that Grandpa Joe led Charlie astray. Yeah. Makes me upset. Um, I hate that Grandpa Joe is yelling the whole time. <laughs> so loud. Like, we realize later that Wonka does know what they yeah. did. But I'm like, how did he not come back and be like... What are you guys doing in here? Because he's yelling the whole... There's no way you didn't hear him yeah. being like, Charlie, like, we're heading up towards the ceiling, Charlie. It's and sh- what if they didn't figure it out? Yeah. They would have just They would done. literally be chopped to ribbons. They wouldn't even get an Oompa Loompa song because everybody moved on. They would have just been like eviscerated chunks. They would have come in later to like... An Oompa Loompa would have come in to grab something and then be like, why is everything covered in raspberry? Oh, shit. God. It's people blood. It's just... <sighs> chunks of an old man and his grandchild here on the floor disgusting also fake burping is gross yeah that part's great i just i don't like this whole scene yeah anyway anyway on to the goose room they don't die they get back down go on charlie let's catch up to the others and then they do on to the room yes with the geese that lay the golden eggs yeah they're trying to uh, get ahead for easter yes <laughs> but easter's over don't tell the geese that <laughs> of course 
What does Veruca want? She wants a golden goose. All right, Veruca, I'll try and get one for you after the tour. Or when we get home. Daddy, I want it now! So Mr. Salt pulls out a checkbook that he mm-hmm. has in his pocket and oh, is like, yeah. all right, Wonka, how much for a golden goose? He's probably very used to just writing checks to buy Veruca whatever it is she wants right there in that moment. I know. And Mr. Salt's like, name your price. Yeah. Wonka's like, she can't have one. She just can't have it. Veruca says, who says I can't? Who says I can't? And then she sings a whole song. I won the world. This whole song about all the things that she wants. And she is fucking trashing this room yeah and nobody is reacting no either. they're all just, She's just like her. throwing shit at wonka yeah kicking knocks like, over stacks a whole of boxes stack of over. boxes which i imagine have eggs in them yeah probably yeah, maybe they they're break. just empty and waiting for like because they seem to be kicked over pretty easily so hopefully they're waiting to be filled and once they get filled they get like put somewhere else but yeah maybe she is just yeah she's absolutely trashing this room throwing like cellophane wrapping everywhere and then she finally jumps up onto one of the what are they what does he call it like the egg the educators egg, the educated egg educator yes and it of course decides that she is a bad egg womp womp and she gets sent down the chute don't care how i want it now don't care how i want it now <laughs> And then she's gone. And then she's gone. And Salt's like, where is she gone? Uh, where all the other bad eggs go. Down the garbage chute. Of course. Mr. He's- Salt is so nervous. He's like fiddling with Wonka's like tie. And he's garbage just chute, like, of course. A garbage chute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where does it lead to? To the furnace. The furnace. <laughs> he's just like, he's like chuckling like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> okay, this man is clearly unhinged and my daughter is gone. But she got to think that maybe there's a little bit of him that's like, oh my God, it's quiet for like one second. Maybe that's why he's giggling involuntarily. He's like, I gotta go after her, obviously, but yeah. like. So he runs towards the chute, and he also is a bad egg. So of he course. Falls down the chute. Too. I'm coming, Veruca. And Charlie says, Mr. Wonka, they won't really be burned in the furnace, will they? And Wonka's like, oh, I think they only light that every other day, so that might be fine. Probably fine. I mean, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Want to see something cool? Then the Oompa Loompas start singing. Mm-hmm. Because everybody gets a death song. The Oompa Loompas start their eulogy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this one well, is about, um... What do you get when your child is a brat? Something like yes. that. Who do you blame when your kid is a brat? Yes. Pampered and spoiled like a Siamese cat. <laughs> Blaming the kids is a lie and a shame. You know exactly who's to blame. The Ooh, mother and the father. do <laughs> It's true, though. Got I em. mean, yeah, hopefully Veruca doesn't die because her parents suck. Yeah. Uh, on to the next room. Yep. It's the Wonka-mobile. Yeah. Which just covers them in bubbles. They fill it up with uh, ginger ale, ginger beer, all the sort of fizzy stuff that tickles your nose. Yeah, all kinds of carbonated things. And yeah. then it just starts spewing bubbles all over the place and does not go very fast or very far because he's like, I'm really going to open her up this time. And yeah. it is like two miles an hour. And he's singing, and I think he's singing backwards. Yes. Because he calls it the wonk, the, oh, the Wonka Wash. They go through a thing that like cleans all of the bubbles off of them, but mm-hmm. it's called the Wonka Wash, but backwards. Yeah. I can't say it. No. But. Oh, no, he's singing in German. Oh. He's singing, Martha, Martha, you have vanished. My happiness <laughs> you take with you. Does it go where you have vanished, or do you share it with me? Oh, my God. What? Anyway. 
he knows like so many languages too because he keeps like they go right before they go in one room he's like explaining it to them in french and then there's another room oh, where he yeah. starts talking in German, and Mrs. TV's like, that's not French. Yeah. It's just like, how many? But he also, like, did not attempt to uh, communicate with the Gloops in German no. at any point. No. I think he said, Auf Wiedersehen, when yes, Mrs. Gloop and left, and that's it. He said, Auf Wiedersehen, Gesundheit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's not even right. You know, like, never mind. Yeah. Maybe he just knows a couple phrases in German and this song, apparently. So another small bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. The foam used in this scene was actually from fire extinguishers. Oh. Which you are not supposed to get on your skin, uh-uh. but they didn't realize it. And it, like in your face and eyeballs. And... Yeah, they had to like take a couple days break from shooting and get medical treatment because oh, everybody's skin swelled up. Yike. Yeah. Anyway, they don't even go very far, but they make it to another door. Uh-huh. Mike's like, couldn't we have walked? And Wonka says, if the good Lord had intended us to walk, he wouldn't have invented roller skates. <laughs> Now everyone put on these, like, white suit things. Yes. And they go into the Wonka Vision room. It's television! Uh, it's Wonka Vision. Uh-huh. This is TV's purse is white now. Yeah, it's got its own little thing on it. I know, I love it. <laughs> it's just like every, you know, I, it just looks like she's just carrying the same purse, but, like, now it's white. And yeah. And I just love that little tiny detail. It's like, everything cute. is white. But so, Wonka explains, I will be the first person ever to send chocolate through the television right because he's like you know how a picture works right and he starts to explain it and mike's like i can tell you how it works and he like explains it yep it's uh broken down into a million tiny pieces and then it's put back together on your tv screen exactly but really big things always look really small on tv so we have to start with a really big chocolate bar right and it is huge yes they bring it they set it down and then he says lights camera action Mm -hmm. and then boom they can see it and above him in tiny little pieces (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's making all this noise and then it shows up on in the, the TV. tv yeah and he's like go on take it and they're like i'm not touching that and charlie's like i'll do it fuck it yeah and then he takes it and he opens it and he's like it's perfect he eats it tastes great yeah so mike tv looks at mr wonka mm-hmm. and he's like could you do this with other stuff yeah could you do it with people hmm, i don't know i've never tried but i don't see why not but like maybe but like probably shouldn't but like yeah probably so mike runs to the little stage in front of the giant camera uh-huh and just says, lights, camera, action! Yep, Wonka's like, no, don't, stop. <laughs> but he does it anyway. Yep. He gets zapped above their heads in a million tiny pieces. Yep. Where did he go? He's up there! So and now he's, he's in the TV! Yep, and then he comes through on the TV, he's and so Wonka says, oh good, he's unharmed. Unharmed? <laughs> you call that unharmed? <laughs> he's so tiny! He's, he's like, can we do it again? Yeah. There'll be nothing left. There'll be nothing left. He is so cute. He's so stoked, though. He's like, Mom, look, I'm the first kid to be fed through television. He's like, Wait till everybody at home hears about this. I'm a TV star. He's only three inches tall. Yeah. His mom's like, No one's going to hear about this. Right. Nope. Absolutely. She puts her in her purse. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And uh, the Oompa Loompas come up and take the purse away. Mm -hmm. They're going to take him to the taffy room. Yeah, stretch so him back out. Stretch him out. Stretch him and pull him till he's the right size. Because little boys are still made of taffy. Sure. They're fine. That'll be fine. That'll be fine. And then the Oompa Loompas drop again. You this get is... no, you get no, you get no commercials. Mike gets the longest song. I guess because it's the last one. Yeah, but they're saying about how maybe uh, fucking try a book, my dude. Yeah. Go they're watching TV all goddamn day. Yeah. Just, just think about it. Just think about it. No commercials in books. Anyway, it's done. Yeah. 
They made Don't it to the worry. end. Everybody will be fine. Yeah. Anyway, the kids will be fine. Uh, get the fuck out of my factory. Good, good idea, both. I have so many things to do. Goodbye. Yep. There's like, uh, what? Wait, what? And then he just goes in his office. Yep. Complete waste of time, he says. A whole day wasted. And Grandpa Joe's like, wait a minute. And he goes in there. He's like, I'd like to know about the chocolate. You know, Charlie's lifetime supply of chocolate that you promised him. Why doesn't Charlie get it? When is he going to get it? And Wonka says, he doesn't. He doesn't. And Grandpa Joe's like, well, why not? And Wonka says, because you broke the rules. You broke the rules. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. And Grandpa Joe is upset. Yeah. He's like, you're a crook. You're a cheat and a swindler. That's what you are. How can you do a thing like this? Build up a little boy's hopes and then smash all his dreams to pieces. You're an inhuman monster. I said good day, sir. Except, you know what, Grandpa? It's your fault. Yeah. You're the one. Grandpa, you led Charlie astray. He would you not have done that. Absolutely not. He would never go against Mr. Wonka's no. wishes. Not in a million years. Or anybody's. I think any, you know, grown-up that he looked up to and told him a thing, Charlie would never no. do a thing like that. It's Grandpa Joe's fault. So, so Grandpa they're... Joe's like, let's go, Charlie. If Slugworth yep. wants a gobstopper, he'll get one. Yes. But Charlie turns around, takes the gobstopper out of his pocket, and puts it on Wonka's desk. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wonka, he says very quietly, and he sets it down, and then he just leaves. And Wonka turns around, and he's like, yes, Charlie, my boy! You won! You won! You did it! Yeah, he grabs the gobstopper, and he says, so shines a good deed in a weary world. Yes! And then he gets all excited! He's so excited. It's the first time that he's been, like, actually happy, it feels like, the whole time. Yeah, he's like, you did it! I knew you would! I just knew you would! Yes! he's like, please forgive me for putting you through all this. But I had to know. I had to find out. It was a test. Mm-hmm. And he like, passed. Yep. And then they're like, oh, and then he brings out Slugworth. Right. And Charlie's <laughs> like, Slugworth. Oh, my God. There he is. He was just in your closet this whole time. And Wonka's like, no, it was a test. Mm-hmm. This is my friend. What's his name? Wilkins? Wilkinson? Something like that. Yeah. And he's like, he, it works for me. I had to, you know, make sure that you were trustworthy. Yeah, that you were honest. Yeah. And that you weren't going to, you know, give away these secrets. So. He's like, all right, well, uh, come with me. Yeah. I've got, I've got so many more things to show you. So little to see, so much time. Strike that. Reverse it. Thank you. So he's like, we're going to take the great glass Wonkavator. And Grandpa Joe says, it's an elevator. And he's like, it's, it's a, Wonka-vader. a Wonkavator. Could people stop correcting him? <laughs> it's his factory. <laughs> right. And he can name everything after himself if he wants to. Uh, it's Wonkavision. So, so, yeah, he's like, elevators only go up and down, but the Wonkavator can go sideways and frontways and slantways and squareways. Yeah. Anyways, you can think of. Right. And they're like, but I've pushed every button up until now. Said that This one. button. Push, push it, that, Charlie. Push that button, Charlie. So he does. Okay. And then they go. He's like, man, we are going to have to go faster if we want to get through the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And Grandpa Joe's like, the ceiling? I just got off the ceiling. Why right. are we going back through a ceiling? <laughs> We're going to be cut to ribbons. Yes. Wonka says, probably. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, very probably. But yeah, the elevator, Wonkavator, excuse me crashes through the ceiling uh-huh. and just starts uh, flying above the town. Yeah. And then they stand up and yeah, look around. Look around. There's our house. There's your school. Yeah. The town looks so pretty from up here. Yes. And then Wonka says, how did you like the Charlie... How'd you like the Charlie factory? Chocolate? <laughs> how'd you... <laughs> how did you like the chocolate factory, Charlie? Charlie's like, it's great. I love it. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me in my yeah. entire life. And Wonka's like, tight, because it's yours now. Great. I'm gonna give it to you. And uh, they're both like, excuse me? Um, pardon me. 
Ivanka's like, listen, I've been doing this for my whole life. I can't do it forever. I don't want to give the factory to an adult who's just going to do things the way that he wants to. Yeah. So I'm giving it to you. I can't go on forever, and I don't really want to try. Yeah. And you and your family can come move in. Yeah, the whole family. Bring everybody. Yeah. Your wildest chance, Charlie, have so much to teach you. Y'all don't take up very much space. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) Three of you stay in a bed all the time, so. Seven of you in three beds. Right. Six. Sorry. So Wonka's like, yeah, man, factory's yours. You can move in immediately. Yep. I'm going to teach you all of my candy making secrets. Because he was looking for someone, yes, who would go mm-hmm. on with his vision and right. not try and change things. Yeah. And Charlie and clearly will. And take care of the Oompa Loompas. And, yeah. 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 And Charlie will do a great job. And then Wonka says, but Charlie, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he always wanted. What's that? He lived happily ever after. Aww. Then they hug. End credits! Yay! We made it. If you want to view paradise, we're in a garage, it's scary. <laughs> Sometimes it gets really hairy. There are lots of animals, they sometimes squeak. <laughs> anyway, Beautiful. that's the end, we did it. Yeah. The Us going through the plot was probably longer than the actual movie. Um, Perhaps, yes, but also <laughs> delightful. So, did it make you cry? It did not. No, me neither. No. That's not really like a, I don't know, like it's it's a good feeling at the end, but not really like a... It's not too emotional, because you're like, strings. even at the end, Wonka's just so weird. I know, his <laughs> he's hair like, is flopping around everywhere. Yeah, and he's like, Charlie, don't forget what happened to the guy who got everything he wanted. And you're like, oh god, you're gonna bring it down now? And he's yeah. like, he lived happily ever after. And you're like, oh, okay, okay thank you. Creep. You sure you want to live with this man? Because yes. <laughs> he's like, he's not, like, Wonka's not an old man. Yeah. He's not a young man, but he's not an old man either. So I would say there's at least 20 more years of him yeah. making candy. Yeah. It's like, you really want to... And teaching Charlie how to. You want to hang out with this guy? He's yeah. weird. <laughs> what if there was a crossover between this movie and Mouse Hunt? And they're, like, in the factory, <laughs> and Charlie's trying to learn how to run everything, but then there's a mouse. Yeah. And then he, like, breaks the whole factory trying to find trying one to mouse. Trying to shut it down. Oh, boy. I, that's uh, Willy Wonka, too. Yeah. Let's remember that if we do it in a Patreon episode. Yes, this is the kind of things that you get when you subscribe to our Patreon is we just write sequels to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Just Willy Wonka. Just the, it's just <laughs> it. Just every, we're like, okay, but what if it was set on the moon? <laughs> okay, so tell me about this movie. Well, I have one last question. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we didn't do, we didn't even do Replay Rewind. Oh, well, I mean. Is it a replay or a rewind, Meat Wedge? Think carefully. <laughs> It's obviously a replay. Woo! All right. Well, I'm done with it, so <laughs> you know we're gonna watch it. Again. Just kidding. I think 157 times is good. <laughs> I think that's a nice round number. All right. Next question, though. Yeah. How did they get down from the Oncavator? Does um, it go back down? There's a whole book about it. There is. Yeah. There's a sequel called Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It I just flies around. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got controls. I mean, I guess presumably. I would hope. He says, you push any one of these buttons, it'll take you to any room you want to go. So I guess if you just push it, it would still take you back to whatever room. That's true. This marshmallow room. Boop. You're good. Yeah. I want to go to the marshmallow room. Me too. That would be a good name for a restaurant. Aw. The marshmallow room. Yeah, it would. Hmm. Anyway, so this movie was released on June 30th, 1971. Dang. It's so old. (laughs) I know. 
It had a budget of $3 million, which uh-huh. was a lot more in 1971. Yes. And the box office was $4.5 million. It barely squeaked by there. Yeah, it, it didn't get, like, great reviews. Well, it, it just didn't have, like, a great reception at first. Yeah. The critical consensus, everybody liked it. Yeah. But it just, it wasn't until um it got a lot more traction in the 80s with, like, home movie releases mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, I can definitely see a lot of people going to see it and then, you know, their friends being like, how was it? Was it any good? And they're like, I genuinely don't know how I feel about this yeah, movie. Yeah, it was really fucking weird. Right. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine the tunnel scene in a movie theater? Oh, uh, no. It would be scary. Like, no, I, thank you. I don't think that it's scary now, but like in a theater, I think it would be pretty yeah, that jarring. Big. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it does have a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. And the site's consensus states, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is strange yet comforting, mm-hmm. full of narrative detours that don't always work, but express the film's uniqueness. That makes sense. But I just feel like that's a really good way to explain it and also why I like it so much. It's strange yet comforting. Yes. So Roger Ebert gave the film a perfect four out of four stars. Nice. I yeah. don't think we have ever seen him do that. I don't think so either. Um... He said, it is probably the best film of its sort since The Wizard of Oz. It has everything that family movies usually claim to be, but aren't. Delightful, funny, scary, exciting, and most of all, a genuine work of imagination. Willy Wonka is such a surely and wonderfully spun fantasy that it works on all kinds of minds, and it is fascinating because, like all classic fantasy, it is fascinated with itself. Okay. Which is a lot of words that don't really mean a whole lot, but... That's his thing. He liked it. He liked it, and that's what's important. Guess who didn't like it? Fucking I, Gene Siskel. I I don't agree with his two out of four yeah. stars, yeah. but I do agree with his assessment here. He says, Anticipation of what Wonka's factory is like is so well developed that its eventual appearance is a terrible letdown. Sure enough, there is a chocolate river, but it looks too much like the Chicago River to be appealing. <laughs> the quality of the color photography is flat. The other items in Wonka's factory, bubblegum trees and lollipop flowers, also look cheap. Nothing in the factory is appealing. I do have to agree with that. I feel like ev- I feel like the rooms should be bigger, and I mean, yeah. they're clearly running on like a smaller budget. Yeah. But I, I feel like, yeah, the-, the rooms should be bigger. You should get this sense of, like, this factory is huge. I mean, it makes... It's the only factory, the only Wonka factory. Yeah. Right? And it's been making, it's been cranking out billions of Wonka bars. We don't yeah. see any of that. Like, That's true. I mean, you don't want to see, like, full-scale automation or whatever. That's boring. He just, he takes them to the exciting parts. This yeah. is, you know, a room where you can eat anything. This is yeah. where I invent stuff. But those rooms, too, feel like they should be bigger and grander and just, like, I personally am not filled with this sense of, like, whoa. Like, yeah. even the chocolate room f- feels like a set. Yeah, I mean it is. Yeah, but when it, when you walk in, you just kind of feel like, yeah, this is clearly in a warehouse. Yeah, like, which I mean, even then, it's in a factory, and so it should right. feel like that. But yeah, and I I per- I personally don't like the colors. I feel like they yeah. could just be like brighter, shinier, I yeah, brighter. I, I think that's what I like about it, and I understand what you mean, but I just it's it's the strangeness thing. Yeah, you know, like it doesn't fit in with what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. i don't know i like that it's like a little bit seedy almost yeah it's supposed to be fantastic yeah i don't know but i get it i think every it's like everyone's reaction to it is like oh this is the most wonderful maybe if they were like a little bit like oh this is kind of weird yeah then it would be but it's because of like all the characters reactions are sort of like 
this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And yeah. I'm like, I don't agree. I don't know if they re- are reacting that way, though, or more just like, this place is fucking weird. Like, what did I sign up for and how yeah. did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like it, though. Yeah. But like I said, I can I can see that. I think it's mostly just the chocolate room and then I'm like, that does not look like a place where I would want to be. Yeah. And it should look like a place where you want to yeah. be. Because it's like, it's just a room full of cake. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of like, eh, weird about it. everything looks like it's made out of plastic or plaster or wax. Wax. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to touch anything in here, <laughs> let alone eat it. So, but- like I said before, um, Thanks to all of the repeated television broadcasts and home video sales, it grew in popularity throughout the 80s, mm-hmm. and then they did, like, a big theatrical re-release yeah. um, with the 25th anniversary in 1996, and that added a lot more to the box office. In 2003, Entertainment Weekly ranked it 25th in the top 50 cult movies of all time. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody it's definitely hasn't a cult seen movie, this movie. Yeah. Too. Which, and we have talked about this before, mm-hmm. that Roald Dahl disowned the film. The script of which was partially rewritten by David Seltzer after Dahl did not meet deadlines. So, Roald Dahl was originally, like, signed on to write the screenplay, but it just took him too long. Yeah. And so, David Seltzer, like, went in and added a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Dahl said he was disappointed because he thought it placed too much emphasis on Willy Wonka and not enough on Charlie. That's fair. The book is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Um, He did sign on when it was called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, though. But he also wasn't happy with the casting of Gene Wilder. Aww. I know. And he was also... Other things that he was upset at were Slugworth being made into a villain, the addition of the fizzy lifting drinks, and all of the music other than the Oompa Loompa songs he yeah. was upset about. Because yeah. the Oompa Loompa songs are in the book, but right. nothing else is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read somewhere a long time ago that he called it an abomination. Yeah, It's like, all right, calm down. <laughs> Rolled. In 1996, Dahl's second wife, Felicity, commented on her husband's objections towards the film adaptations of his work, saying, They always want to change a book's storyline. What makes Hollywood think children want the endings changed for a film when they accept it in a book? That's fair. Yeah, it is fair. But sometimes, (coughs) Stephen King, the endings make more sense in the movie. That's also fair. And sometimes there's, you know, it's like, yeah, you can write anything. Yeah. But we, especially in 1971, are limited to the things that we can create exactly. in the studio. Yeah. You know, we can't make everything that you've written down because it, you pulled it out of your brain. Nobody knows what it looks like. Yeah. It's not possible. You know, the technology is not. So. What is a vermicious canid? <sighs> Doll? Yeah. So the idea for adapting the book into a film came about when the director, Mel Stewart, his 10-year-old daughter read the book and asked her father to make a film out of it. That's cute. Classic. And she asked for Uncle Dave, who was the producer, Dave Wolper. He's not related to the Stewarts. He was just like a family friend. Yeah. So she calls him Uncle Dave. I had uncles like that. Yeah. Still do. But it turns out that at that exact same time, Wolper was in talks with Quaker Oats to figure out a vehicle for some new candy bar. (laughs) So wow, perfect timing. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. They were already looking for a way to like shoehorn some candy into a movie. And they're like, oh, this whole shit is about candy. Just make a big commercial. How cool would it be to be a little kid whose dad is a director yeah and you just and like, your family friends are producers yeah. and be like daddy i like this story yeah i want to see it Make daddy it. i want really want gun the chocolate <laughs> factory to be a movie now i want it now <laughs> maybe yeah he read veruca and was like that bitch sounds familiar <laughs> he was like sweetheart angel darling of course we'll make the movie stop screaming at me so, it was primarily filmed in Munich, 
in West Germany because it was significantly cheaper than filming in the U.S. And the setting was conducive to Wonka's factory because they already had, like, an empty factory that they could use and set up as Wonka's factory. Ooh, I wonder what it used to make. I don't know. It's still there, though. Neat. Yeah. And Mel Stewart also liked the ambiguity of the location. Mm -hmm. Because I have always, I've never looked this up, but every time I would watch the movie, I'd be like, where the fuck are they? Yeah. Because, like, when they're in the Wonkavator, too, and you can see over the town, it's so weird that you know that it's not in the States. Yeah. Just, like, the architecture and the all the roofs being the same color. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I know yeah. I haven't been everywhere in the U.S., but I know that this is it not It doesn't feel like it. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, West Germany. Gotcha. And that, that closing sequence that I just mentioned is footage of Bavaria. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This part, I want to see this deleted scene. Okay. So Mel Stewart said that his favorite scene was cut due to poor test screenings. In the scene, which took a lot of preparation and money to film, an English explorer climbs a holy mountain to ask a guru the meaning of life. The guru requests a Wonka bar. Finding no golden ticket, he says, life is a disappointment. (laughs) Stewart loved the scene, but few people laughed. He invited a psychologist friend to a preview, where again, the audience reaction was muted. The psychologist told him, you don't understand, Mel. For a great many people, life is a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been one of those like little cutscenes, like with the computer or yeah, like the woman whose husband got guy, kidnapped. Like, huffing his way, finally getting to the top of the mountain. He's like, oh, great guru, please tell me the meaning of life. And he's like, Wonka bar. Yeah. And he's like, uh, nothing. It's meaning. Life is a disappointment. Yeah. It's like, Go oh. back down the mountain. But too many people were like, it's too real, Roy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't handle it they're like yeah i've I've come for the diversion not for this fucking yes i don't need a reminder i don't i already know that make it fantastic though yes so here's some info about the actors so like i said earlier all six members of monty python wanted to be in the movie they all had interest in playing wonka Mm -hmm. but at the time they were deemed not big enough names yeah i think yeah wonka would have been because they (sighs) wilder does a, a perfect job where you're like i don't know if i can trust this guy Yes. And I feel like those guys are too silly, but like, yeah. like John likable enough. Would be like, I don't think he could have pulled it off. No. He's too silly. But I would have maybe liked to see, you know, like I said, his teacher like reminds me of those guys. So I feel yeah. like he could have been one of them. So before Gene Wilder was officially cast for the role, they considered Fred Astaire. Okay. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these names that I didn't recognize, Mm-mm. Joel Grey, Ron Moody, and John Pertwee, which I looked all of them up and they were all like... British comedy right. troupe people. I like as, the name Pertwee. Yeah. Along with Spike Milligan, who is who Roald Dahl originally wanted and was upset that he right. didn't get chosen. Spike Milligan is a comedian from The Goon Show, which was a British radio comedy program. So another sure comedian in yeah. the comedy troupe. Yeah. Big name there, but maybe not. Because Roald Dahl is British. Yeah. So he probably was like, this guy whom I love. And American audiences have been like, who? Yeah. Who the fuck is that? Uh, Jim Backus was considered for the role of Sam Beauregard, but he plays Thurston Howe III on Gilligan's Island. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you know, the rich old man. Yeah. I w- You skipped over this, but I would have loved to see Peter Sellers in this movie. I love Peter Sellers so much. Oh, I don't know why I skipped that. Yeah, Peter Sellers reportedly begged Doll for the role. I love But him. I think at the time he was young. Yeah. I don't uh, think he would have been the right fit for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's so silly. I mean, I, I've only ever seen him in, like, the Inspector Gadget. No, fucking... 
Pink Panther movies where he's yeah. Inspector Clouseau. But yeah. and then the the one movie where he's like, so I don't remember. <laughs> Ten Little Indians or something like that. It's like a murder mystery. Ah, he's very silly, but I yeah I like him a lot. Anyway, um, here's something. Uh huh. Sammy Davis Jr. wanted to play Bill, the candy store owner. <laughs> okay. But Mel Stewart did not like the idea because he felt that the presence of a big star in the candy store scene would break the reality. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just supposed to be like a guy. He just yeah, he just, just works here. He lives here. We all know him, but you don't know him. Right. But I think that would have been a good fit. Sammy Davis Jr. did record the song that he sings and like his version was yeah. at the top of the charts for a couple weeks. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. When interviewed for the 30th anniversary special edition, Gene Wilder heard of him. He stated that he enjoyed working with most of the child actors, but said that he and the crew had some problems with Paris Thimmon, who played Mike TV, uh-huh. claiming that he was a handful. I can see that. Yeah, I love that of all the kids, he was the one that was like, is this kid acting? Yeah, <laughs> he's obnoxious. And Jack Alberson, who played Grandpa Joe, we talked about in Fox and the Hound mm-hmm. because he was Amos Slade. Yeah. Crazy old Amos Slade. Mm-hmm. Peter Ostrom, who played Charlie. This was his only movie role, and he went on to become a veterinarian. Oh. Yeah. He said, The entire experience was better than enjoyable. It was really interesting, but I had a chance to see what everyone's job entailed, and I knew I didn't want to do any of those things for a living, including being stars like Gene Wilder and Jack Albertson. When it was over, I was anxious to become just another kid again. That's cute. I Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just think it would be so hard to be famous. Yeah. Especially as a child. Yeah, and they so, like offered... that he was just like, you know, no thanks. After he did this movie, he was offered a five movie contract. Oh wow. Yeah. And he was like, eh, I'm just gonna go back to school. He even said that there was um so much time between filming and when the movie came out, and because he was so young and growing so fast, yeah. That he didn't get recognized very often. Yeah. Because he already looked so different by then. Right. So it was really easy for him to just be like, Yeah, that was me, but Yeah. Yeah, nobody's just... gonna like stop him at the mall and be yeah. like, Were you? And he's like, Yeah. Yeah. So Julie Dawn Cole, who played Veruca Salt, she is the only one of the five kids that is still acting. Yes. I thought it was really interesting that to this day, she still has the everlasting gobstopper and the golden ticket from her role. I love that. Even though she and the other children in the cast were originally told to return them after filming. I think that's so dumb. I think you should get to keep your props or at least one. Yeah. You know, if you were a big star in this movie, you should get to pick a prop that you liked and take it home with you. Yep. Especially, I mean, how many gobstoppers did they make? Probably a bunch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looked I like mean, a bunch. I mean, even, yeah, even on the thing there, and they're, you know, like, why yeah. not give it to her and, and let all, her keep it? All of the candy and chocolate and stuff that they made that wasn't nobody ate, yeah. obviously, is just wood. Yeah. So it's probably just a piece of wood. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep, you should, dumb. Anytime I see when people are like, yeah, we were supposed to return these props, it's like, no. You yeah, should get that. to keep them. Make extras. Yeah. Or to give to the actors. I feel like that's also your retirement plan. If something happens to you, you can auction it off. <laughs> I'm going to sell this golden ticket. Right. Um, she also operates a children's drama school, does okay. fitness instruction, and is a psychotherapist. Damn girl. Who has the time? <laughs> Julie Don Cole, apparently. Denise Nickerson, who played Violet Beauregard, she was considered for the role of Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist. Oh, shit. But her mother refused to allow her to screen test for it after reading the screenplay. That's fair. <laughs> She ended up leaving acting in 1978 and became a nurse. Oh, yeah. And then Paris Vimmen, okay, who played Mike TV, mm-hmm. he abandoned his child acting career when he was 14. He went to New York University where he received his Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. 
and he has worked a variety of jobs, including real estate broker. He was a Walt Disney Imagineer for a okay. bit and a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Both he and his wife have been on Jeopardy. Oh, fun. Yeah, his wife won her episode, and he only came in second on his. <laughs> Do you think they introduced him that way like was it a special episode of jeopardy or he was just on it and then when they got to the like part in the second half where they're like tell us a little bit about yourself he was like oh i was mike tv on willy wonka and the chocolate factory i'm sure that they like, brought it up oh yeah <laughs> that's why your little face looks familiar <laughs> he shows up just in a cowboy hat with a bandana <laughs> on and they're like hmm so michael bolner uh-huh. who played augustus gloop yes is six foot seven as an adult wow yeah <laughs> that's a big man i know it's all that chocolate the filming of the movie took place so near his house that he did not have a trailer. He just went back and forth from home. Perfect. It was like a five-minute walk from That's where amazing. he lived. I know. Um, so, obviously, German is his first language, mm-hmm. and he had some issues with the script and had to have, like, a lot of extra coaching. Aw. That's why he doesn't, you know, have a ton of lines. Yeah. But it's very uh, cute. He was very much interested in continuing his acting career following how successful Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was, but his father made him stop acting so that he would finish his education. Oh, no. I know. And now he's an accountant (laughs) in Munich. Oh. (laughs) I know. I do feel like, though, once you're, you know, 18 or whatever and you can do whatever you want, that's still close enough that you could be like, hey, I was Augustus Gloop in Willy Wonka. Right, yeah. Like, I would love to try out for this role. Yeah. At least try. Maybe he did. Maybe his dad just, like... I don't have it anymore. Beat him down. Yeah. Made him sad. I know. So I found an interview with one of the people who played an Oompa Loompa, whose mm-hmm. name is Rusty Goff. Uh-huh. He said, at that time, there weren't many British actors who were short. He is four foot two inches tall. Okay. So six of the actors were British, and they used one Maltese actor, another from Turkey, one from Germany, and one woman. Which I'm like, <laughs> okay, where's yeah. the woman from? Well, yeah. <laughs> She's from... Oh, she's a woman. Is where <laughs> Women she's from. are from Mars. Is it Mars? And men are from Venus? Is uh, I think it? it's the other way around. around? Yeah, okay. men are from Mars. Anyway, so nobody spoke Ven- Venetian. <laughs> no, sure. They were just like, just pantomiming at her. Right. So there were 10 of us in all, he said. The director, Mel Stewart, sometimes got very frustrated telling us what to do in English and then trying to explain to the Maltese, German, and Turkish actors what he wanted as well. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. But I, I just thought that this was interesting, like, all the other things that he had done, too. Mm-hmm. He was in the first Star Wars film as a Jawa. He was in Mel Brooks's History of the World Part 1. Mm-hmm. He was a goblin in two of the Harry Potter films. Yeah. He's done Flash Gordon and Willow. Yeah. But he says, looking back, Willy Wonka was my first and favorite film. Aww. One of the songs we sang in the movie was called Pure Imagination, and that, to me, sums up Roald Dahl. He will be remembered as a classic children's writer. Oh, absolutely. And he would be pissed if he heard him say that. Yes. Because... He this is my favorite. He's like, like that song. Hate that song. I hate the stupid movie. Don't <laughs> Do not think of me as a beloved children's actor. I am a racist old man. Right. Well done. So I did want to say a little bit about the Oompa Loompas because we all know that they remade Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. They did. Um, with Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And the Oompa Loompas in that one are all just, just computer generated of one man. Yeah. And I just, it makes me sad mm-hmm. because... There are little people who can act yeah. and w- would like to get paid for acting. Yeah. And Why would you just hire one? Yeah. And it just looks weird, too, in the movie that they're all the same person. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It just annoyed me. Yeah. No, it's it's very jarring. I only saw that version once. Uh, and the only thing that I remember about it, because I did think it was kind of funny, was he sets up that whole like puppet theater yeah. In the beginning, and then it catches fire. Yeah, and then they go to the puppet hospital later. Yeah, and he's like, it's new. 
because they just had to install it because yeah. he's never done. I was like, that's that's cute and funny. But I really don't remember, other than Freddie Highmore's little face, yeah. I don't really remember very much about it. It's uh, fine. But I do remember not liking the Oompa Loompas because, like, why would you not yeah. make them have fewer of them? Because there's, like, a bunch. Well, it's, it's just closer it's one to the guy. book. Yeah, where In there the are book, crawling all over the place. hundreds of them, yeah. yeah. But anyway. But yeah, there are plenty of people who would be happy to get a job. Right, that's what I'm saying. Paint their face orange. Yeah. Run around in little overalls. Create some jobs. God, Hollywood. Anyway. The computers, they're taking our jobs. <laughs> anyway, Gene Wilder, a.k.a. Jerome Silberman is his real name. No. I know. No, it is not. <laughs> um. Yeah, when he was born, his mom was like, that looks like a Jerome. <laughs> Like, no, Mom, I'm Gene. I'm a Gene, not a Jerome. Wilder auditioned to play Willy Wonka, mm-hmm. and after reciting some lines, director Mel Stewart immediately offered him the role. Why wouldn't you? So this is just a little bit about Gene Wilder and not much to do with Willy Wonka at all. I just really like Gene Wilder. That's fair. His third wife was Saturday Night Live actress Gilda Radner. Mm-hmm. Um, they met in 1981 and they married in 1984, but she died from ovarian cancer in 1989. Oh. And... I just love the idea of two funny people being married. It makes me very happy. Like, yeah. I love when two comedians are married because it just has to be exhausting yeah. <laughs> to be a normal person married to a comedian. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just like to imagine their house was probably very funny. Yeah. So, following her death, Wilder became active in promoting cancer awareness and treatment, and he helped found the Gilda Radner Ovarian Cancer Detection Center in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he co-founded Gilda's Club, which is a support group to raise awareness of cancer that began in New York City and now has branches throughout the country. His mom also died from ovarian cancer. So, Aww. yeah, and he actually had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma yeah. in his older age, but he, like, he survived it. Yeah. And then in 1998, he collaborated on the book Gilda's Disease with oncologist Stephen Piver, sharing personal experiences of Radner's struggle with ovarian cancer, which I, I don't know. I just... That's like, so sweet. When famous people latch on to a cause and are like, yeah. I'm going to fix this because yeah. I want to. Yeah. Use my platform and my money and my time. After his last acting performance in 2003, which was a guest role on Will and Grace, for which he received an Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor... So it must have been good. I haven't seen it. Me either. He uh, just started writing. He quit yeah. acting and started writing. He wrote a memoir and several novels. I feel like he could just show up. Like, you yeah. could be on the set of Will and Grace, and their doorbell rings, and they open it, and he's just standing there, and then he's just like, bye, and they'd have been like, outstanding! Look at this guest performance. <laughs> it's Gene Wilder. Like, right, come on. He just stands there, and like, one curl of his hair bounces around <laughs> for a second, and then he leaves, and everyone's like, bravo! Bravo! Stands there, stares at them for a full five minutes, and yeah. then is like... I got your mail. And then just, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, that was incredible. Amazing. Brought me to tears. So in 2005, he was um, asked how he felt about the new mm-hmm. Tim Burton version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And he said that he enjoyed Johnny Depp's performance, but he disliked the film as a whole. Yeah. As he was not a fan of Tim Burton as a director. <laughs> sure. And he was generally insulted when his films were remade. Aww. Which I mean, fair. Yeah. It's just so different. Yeah. It's like all of the bright colors and and computer graphics and that you would expect. Right. And I just don't like it. Yeah. Anyway, so here's a little bit of trivia. Okay. To honor his 100th birthday, and by his, we mean Roald Dahl. Uh Uh-huh. Because Gene Wilder has died, but he is not yet 100. No. (laughs) The Oxford English Dictionary added six words and phrases. Dahl-esque, Oompa Loompa, Golden Ticket, 
Human Bean, which is the coffee shop I always go to. Yep. <laughs> Witching Hour and Scrumdiddlyumptious. Uh huh. The first use of the word Scrumdiddlyumptious by Doll was in the BFG, where the giant says, "Every human bean is diddly and different. Some is Scrumdiddlyumptious, and some is Ucky Slush." I really like the word Ucky Slush. Yeah, it's very cute and gross, but cute. Yeah, I thought that Scrumdiddlyumptious was a word that Roll Doll made up. I thought so too. It is not. Oh. He just used it more. <laughs> oh, okay. It was like a slang term that was popular in Britain in the 40s. Oh, yeah. And the book didn't, this book didn't get written until 1964. Yeah. I don't know when the BFG was written, but I'm assuming, you know, it was, so it was already a word that existed, but he was like, I'm gonna really, that's, that's the silliest word I've ever heard and I'm putting it, it in here. I agree. So the tunnel scene during the boat ride has been cited as the scariest of scenes in kim- kids films by many websites due to its surreal visuals for their traumatizing nature. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Willy Wonka was ranked number 74 on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments for the tunnel scene. Not even scariest kids movie, like scariest Just movie moments. of all movies yes. that exist, this is one of the scariest things we've ever seen. And that's fair. And I think part of it is because you're not expecting horror in this children's yes. movie. And that's what makes it even scarier. It's the I mean, high it's, strangeness. It's, it's scary on place. its own. Yeah. yeah. But you're just like, what the f- fuck is happening everything else pretty much can be explained away yeah because it's at least relatively candy related this is not no and it never is they're just like haha wasn't that terrible everybody out of the boat (laughs) you're like oh okay yep great thank you so the reactions of the actors and actresses in some scenes are spontaneous Mm -hmm. for example when the children first enter the chocolate room and see the candy gardens their reactions are genuine that's fun so it must have been better in person yeah then <laughs> the way yeah. you feel about it yeah yeah. i mean i'm watching it on a little screen maybe if yeah. i were actually in there i'd be like whoa this is neat this <laughs> this is a little bit sad ernst ziggler who played grandpa george was nearly blind from poison gas in world war one so he was instructed to look for a red light to guide him when his character was meant to be looking in a certain direction oh god he's I like know. a dog with a laser pointer i know he must have been in uh captain cruise regimen yeah he must have been the fucking poison gas right All right, last fact. Okay. It's heartwarming. Yes. But sad. When Gene Wilder died in 2016, Peter Ostrom, Uh who played Charlie, changed his social media profile to former child actor, veterinarian, inherited a chocolate factory on the 29th of August, 2016. That is so cute. I know. (laughs) It makes me a little bit sad that Gene Wilder didn't get to see that. Yeah. You know, like, it's a cute thing to do, but it's also like, he would have loved that so much. So hopefully somewhere what if he put it up there before gene wilder died <laughs> and your mom's like, like oh, am i dying <laughs> oh god or yeah. it used to say former child actor veterinarian can't wait to inherit a chocolate factory <laughs> there's a countdown 25 days till i inherit this chocolate factory yes i mean it's very that is very heartwarming and very sweet but yeah i, I do wish that somehow gene he wilder knew. got to see yeah i hope yeah. he knows that that just that tiny little thing of like well, now it's mine. It's yeah. yours now, Charlie. How anyway, cute. How that's wonderful. It. That's all the information. There's more information. Oh, yeah. Um, There are a couple of books that I stumbled across that I might buy. So maybe one yeah. day on our Patreon, we'll do an even deeper dive yeah. on it. Because there's that. so much out there. Right. And I know this episode is already too long. It is very long. I would like to, yeah, compare the movie to the book. Yeah. And I've read the book, but it's been a while. I have to, yeah. I remember. Um, I think so some of the the big differences Mm -hmm. and i just feel like i don't know the johnny depp willy wonka is such a man child too like he's not right 
I don't know. He's, he's he his parents were dentists, so he never got to eat candy. So he became a chocolatier. Yeah, for revenge, which just isn't as interesting to me. No, he should just do it because he was born to do it. Yeah, you don't ask a fish how it flies or a bird how it swims. No, and you don't ask Wonka why he <laughs> chocolates. He just uh, he was born to do it, my boy. I agree, and yeah, he's like Willy Wonka is weird, but he's weird in. Just a, I haven't talked to a person in 20 years and you can tell. Yeah. Johnny Depp's version is like, yeah, he's so weird. Like, he's, he's always been weird. Really childish. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you get when you see him as a little boy, he's got that weird fucking haircut and he's just like a weird. Whereas like when you meet Willy Wonka in Willy Wonka, you're like, oh, he's he's a little strange. Yeah. But he's just dedicated. He's just, to yeah. This. He's not- mostly, he's eccentric and he's like. Yeah, like, clearly has is bad at social yeah. gatherings, but he's not, I don't know. Johnny Depp's version is too weird. I agree. But that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. Well, thank you so much for doing all of that research and teaching all of yes, us about no this, your favorite movie in the world. My throat hurts a little from yelling. I'm sure it does. And singing. Well, <laughs> you don't have to do it anymore. Bet I will. I bet. <laughs> said you don't have to. Not that you weren't gonna. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you would like to message us, tell us about your favorite candy, or mail us some candy, because <laughs> I really want chocolate now. Hell yeah. Uh, you can message us on Instagram or Tumblr at Replay Rewind Podcast. You can email us at replayrewindpodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Replay Rewind Pod. You can hear our other episodes on Stitcher, Google, Spotify, Apple, all the other places where you get podcasts if you have the ability Please follow, like, subscribe, review, share with a friend. Help us get our name out there. More people need to hear me singing poorly. It's true. If you want to listen to our bonus episodes where we rewrite Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but they're all mice, you can go check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash rewrite. Oh my god, I can't do this. Patreon.com slash replay rewind podcast. I quit. I have a whole episode to record after this. (laughs) Well, everyone, please fucking stay fresh cheese bags and don't forget to reduce reuse recycle replay and rewind bye just be glad you're you Ugh. I don't think we could name that episode Candy Bukaki. No, but... we could, but we're not gonna. <laughs> <I'd> like to. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.